welcome everybody to a special Taco Tuesday edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast. My name is John Jagu coming to you from the somewhere in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex on my way back to uh, Austin after a, well for us, uh, a very, a very somber uh, start to the week, yet uh, not incredibly unfamiliar to uh, fans of Mexico, at least for the past 30 years or so, uh, having to deal with the uh, same uh, aftermath of, of losing a round of 16 match. Although I think that for the first time we can comfortably say that this uh, round of 16 match was one where Mexico, you know, it, it didn't necessarily have that much of a of a, of a chance to uh, to succeed. And of course, they uh, removed all doubt by by not playing particularly well. But uh, there you have it: Mexico out once again at the round of 16 in the World Cup 2018, down to the last eight teams. On Friday, uh, everything gets going again in the quarterfinals with France and Uruguay. And the nightcap will be Brazil-Belgium. And then on Sunday, we have the early game of England versus Sweden. And finishing off with Russia (laughs) versus Croatia. So there will definitely be a European team in the final. And uh, still left to be determined as to whether or not it will be they'll be facing a South American side or a European side. But we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about the aftermath of Mexico's loss to Brazil, a 2-0 loss yesterday in Sonora. No, it's not Sonora, right, uh, Juan? It's it's Samara. It's not. <laughs> they didn't play in Sonora. It was, it's Samara. I, we'll talk I about that. The Russians would probably accept Sonora. Yeah. Sonora doesn't look doesn't look as green as, as, as Samara did, but We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, what comes next for Mexico, whether it's coaches, players, federation. We'll get into all that, as we always do here on the Campinas podcast. But I can't do it without introducing, once again, our stellar panel guests and panelists that have joined us this evening as the podcast. With us this evening, joining us from Kyle, Texas. Southeast quadrant of the greater Austin metropolitan area is Albert A. Chiquis. Campa, Albert, you said after the game yesterday, don't talk to me for two hours, and you went and saw Jurassic Park. What was worse, uh, Chiquis? <laughs> Mexico's lost to Brazil for Jurassic Park. Oh, the loss was, was a lot worse. Just trying to get some. The lo- yeah, the loss was, so, uh, was worse. The movie was were, bad. Were you able to? Were you able to escape at least for like five or ten minutes? Escape reality, or were you constantly having to think about it? I escaped a little bit, um, but yeah, even after after the movie and after coming back, just, uh, just going throughout Ch- the game. Chickies, wouldn't you say that movie's a good metaphor for the national team? Got those dinosaurs going extinct. You have like Rafa and Oribe retiring. And some of these guys no longer returning. Uh, yeah, I never thought of that. But, uh, there's always the technology. What were they doing? Cloning? But that's, uh, that's another topic. But, uh, that would be interesting to see that. Sports. I've even heard people talk about sports being, having that you know, 
superhumans or whatever. Well, Aceves joins us from uh, somewhere in Southern California. Greetings, John. I'm going to say Orange County. Am I right? Orange County? I'm in Irvine. No, I'm in Irvine right now. Irvine, Irvine, California. It's Orange County, we. Oh, yeah, well, I'm I'm new to the area. I'm still learning, Juan. Have you have you had to fly out of the John Wayne Airport yet, Quinn? No, I don't. I don't think I would be doing that. Well, why not? I mean, I'll just take the drive to LAX. Why Thirty on minutes. Earth would you do that? Well, when you could fly right I, out of Orange County. I I don't because I don't think they have that many flights coming out of a uh, John Wayne. Well, let me let me, from let me tell you as as a seasoned oh. trying to figure out where the hell to go in Los Angeles traveler during trying to arrange flights for Rose Bowl games. Um, you, the, the, there are plenty of flights in the Santa the John Wayne is it the Santa Ana oh. Airport is that what they call it Santa Ana? Yeah, I I don't I'm not exactly sure, but I passed through there. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. oh, Joel, uh, <clears throat> I'll ask you the same question. Uh, were you? Uh, did, did you ride the, uh, the the train of emotions, or were you no, pretty upset uh, no. with how things were going to end? This this is the seventh this is the seventh rodeo, man. I'm I'm completely dead inside, John. There's 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 nothing left there, you know. As far as like a major disappointments, I'll say that, you know the probably worst I felt was in 02, and that was yeah, man. It, it, that's that's a good, what, 16 years ago. Right. Uh, so I'll say 02 was the one where I felt like really crushed, you know. Uh, and anything after that is just more of the same. It's it's the gruel, man. I'm taking the bowl and I say, please, sir, can I have some more? Um, That's right. So <laughs> I already know. I know what I'm signing up for every four years. Um, but, you know, I'm going to say it because watching the Colombia game earlier, I was expecting at least that type of exit. The way the Colombianos went home, at least they went down fighting. Se cayeron con la cara al cielo, you know, con la cara al sol, as they say. I, I expected a bit something closer to that. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, uh, obviously, if, you know, you're going to lose the World Cup, you want to. But I don't necessarily think Mexico played a, a poor game. Yesterday. They just... You know, they, they, you know they, the, the few chances they had to take, they didn't do it. And, you know, just a, just a typical Mexico game, a couple of descuidos against a really good team. Hey, hey, you, know, you know how it felt to me? You know you know when you see, like, those movies or cartoons and one of the persons is throwing punches and the other one is just holding them by the head? So it don't matter right. how many you throw, they're just none are landing. That, that's how I kind of felt versus just holding Mexico and just showing them their plays, you know. Uh, yeah, something that I I had thought of as well was uh, like the, the big brother just put his hand on the little brother's head and let the guy just flail <laughs> away until, until he gets tired. And that's exactly what I mean. Mexico got tired. I mean, they had to, you know, Rafa was done. You know, has, it, has Rafa even left the locker room? I mean, you know, that he was a uh, poor guy. I mean, but, but no le quedaba otra. I mean, you know, he had, you know, what else is he going to do? He had uh, from Mexico, they weren't able to get the uh, to get the advantage. And well, what are you going to do? Well, thank you for joining us, Joel. So My again, pleasure. It's, uh, it, it, 
it's, it's three Cali's and two Tejanos. And the next Cali I want to introduce is a gentleman from Escondido, California. Daniel Preciado joins us. Daniel, I was, I was thinking about this. This was our, our fourth World Cup as people who have met in person once but have known each other for about 13 years. Is, is, that, is it four already? 2006, huh? Yeah, isn't that nuts? Yeah, four. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah it's um, much like the others. <laughs> so, um, exactly. And I think ultimately uh, what this boils down to, I mean, sure, they, they possibly could have maybe had a chance against Brazil. Um, I think the, the approach was wrong. I think they had, they looked good for those 35 minutes, but the game's 90 minutes long. And if you're going to just go all out for 35 minutes, I mean, and then, and if you have nothing to show for it, then what? And I think kind of that's kind of what happened. I was hoping that they would, you know, you're, you're, you're playing with less days rest. So maybe the players are starting to feel some of that fatigue. You're dealing with a lot of older players too, who are naturally going to fatigue quicker why not play more conservative, save the legs for, try to save them for as long as you can, keep it close, and then maybe try to take a chance here or there. But just going guns a blazing, trying to incessantly trying to, trying to match uh, Brazil, while I think for, for the neutral, it kind of makes for a fun match. But if your objective is to win, you have to understand that you're the underdog and you have to play it that way. Um, I, I thought it was that was the wrong wrong way to approach it, and then uh, you know the, the better team won. Simple as that. And I think we can go back and just reach, uh, and then just look back and, and think do that do Korea it. match and, and that Sweden match. It's it it came back and and and, and bit them again. It, you know, sure, there like a lot of things could happen. You can win first place, and then like the the. The, the seeded team from the other group that you're going to be matched up with can potentially get second place, but logic had it that Brazil was going to finish first, so the the best chance to get to that fifth game and beyond was to win the group, and again, they failed. They, 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 they pissed away a perfectly good opportunity, and much like the previous, much like the last one, I mean, I kind of put up some uh, um, on the coach. I mean, the players weren't better than Brazil. They weren't going to be better than Brazil. So you had to put him in a position to to succeed, and I don't think he did that. He definitely did not. Well, um, glad that you're on, Dan. I know we're going to discuss that and many other items here on the Cantina Mekis podcast. And uh, we'll get a little analytical tonight even with uh, with our last but not least panelist. El, El Profe Camgarrayas joins us from Long Beach, Juan Uribe. <laughs> Profe, uh, just uh, right off the bat, uh, what did, did you see tactically that was uh, Mexico's Achilles' heel in the game against Brazil? Other than you know showing up and having to play Brazil. Aside from that, where did uh, where did Mexico lose the match? Hey, John. Well, I just, before I begin my comment, I just want to wish you uh, this uh, esteemed group of. Uh, of distinguished gentlemen, uh, good evening. You know, it's a pleasure to be in uh, in such company. Um, well, I wish I, I wish we could reciprocate, but we don't we don't hold you as a in, in as high a regard as you hold us. 
Of course. Uh, oh, no. I need, I need Vélez. I, need I mean, Vélez. I mean, I mean, you live in Long Beach. I mean, no matter. I mean, come on, seriously. No, just <laughs> Obviously, Juan, we're very happy to have you on because you do <laughs> provide a, a completely different element of, 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 of surprise. Game. So, so the the, the the question still stands: Was it was was, it, was there a tactical flaw that just uh, that you said you know there's no way that this is going to happen if they keep doing this? You, you know what, John? Um, I, I initially I thought there was a. There was a, a fly in playing Rafa, um, and, and I thought he, he also made a. Obviously, he took, he made a fly in, in, in subbing out Layud, and I thought those were his big mistakes. But um, actually, there a, I was reading uh, an article by a Brazilian reporter. I, I was trying to find the link. I, I just added him on Twitter today. Um, he writes for o, o Globo, I think. Is that a is that a thing? O Globo, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and um, he kind of summarized the game from his point of view, and what he said was interesting because I, I haven't rewatched the game. So you know, watching Mexico's games, it's always a it's more of an emotional thing. The first run for me, and I, I miss a lot of things. And obviously, we don't get the full field view on the TV. But um, this this reporter basically he summed up the game saying. Uh, Brazil started with a 4-1-4-1 with one defensive mid, which I think it was uh, Casemiro playing a, a little bit further back in the... And then Neymar and William, instead of uh, wingers, they were uh, they were midfielders, which, I mean, I thought it was a 4-3-3, you know, from the get-go. And then he says, uh, in the middle of... Uh, after the 30th minute or, or 25th minute, where Mexico's dominating, they're closing the, the, the passing lanes, they... You know, he, he changes his system to a four-four-two, and 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 so he now he's playing like uh, uh, I believe it's uh, uh, Gabriel Jesus and somebody else as a forward. I forgot who. Um, so in reading this guy's review, what I think happened is 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 Tite set out big, um, and Osorio reacted to it. So you know when else when. Uh, but Tite changes his system. Osorio, you know, you know, one of his founding tenets is, hey, if they play two strikers, I'm gonna play with three in the back. So, and I think that's why he he might have put Layun in, and so he was trying to play like with a backline of three, and then it just all fell apart from there. Uh, but you know, to summarize, John, I'm, I, I each each cycle it's a little less, but it, you know, it's still a little flunk, funk, you know. It's not as sunny, you know. It's not as not as bright as, as you know. It's gonna be about a week or so to get over. So it. you're not like you're not like a rotten corpse pushing up daisies as far as your feelings and emotions. Like Joel is, you're 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 on life support. But if they scratch the back the back of your foot, you you still kick just a little bit, just a little bit when it comes to when it comes to Mexico in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, each time it's a little less, but it, it, you know, I'm not pushing up daisies. I mean, I mean, it's not as bad as it's been every every time, but it, there is a sense of uh, well, you know, I, I would sum up this shot. this world. Go ahead, John. Sorry. As you were saying. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I was done. I, I want to hear what you want to say. Oh, I was going to say that you know I, I sum up this World Cup, you know, you know, you know, in, in, in its simplest form as a team that that peaked in its first game and then played, you know, a little worse in the next one, 
worse than the next one. And then by that point, you know, there was there was no way to put the uh, put all the BBs back in the box. They just they just they couldn't uh, they, they couldn't overcome themselves. It was it was very unfortunate. It was a very for a World Cup to start off with so much promise, it, uh, it uh, disintegrated uh, rather quickly. But uh, before I get off on any any of my own rants, I, I do want to uh, welcome Arrigo El Raton Ayala back on the show. Uh, good to have you with us. What's Mr. up, Ayala. guys? How's everyone? Uh, How's it going? Great. Uh, thank, thank to have you on. Now, Arrigo, did you take just a little solace in, in England beating Colombia today, or, or did it make you even mad? You know, when originally I was I was rooting against Colombia, and as the game progressed, I found myself wanting Colombia to win. And then I was just sad that the way they lost, because I I, I I still remember 1994 and how hard that was to process it as a kid. And nobody should have to go through a penalty kick loss. It's just, it's just terrible. Trust, trust me, it was hard to process it as an adult too. So just don't, don't, don't feel like just being. But I, though I can imagine as a kid, it could be much more traumatic. Oh, it was, it was super traumatic. Uh, well, Rigo, I'll, then, I'll, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, and then you know, uh, yesterday's. I mean, like we, you know, you mentioned it in our chat yesterday's. Defeat kind of felt like 2010. Like it wasn't. It, it never really felt like. I'm not gonna say it didn't feel we were in it because the first 25, 30 minutes felt like. You know, if they can continue this, we, there's a there's a chance. But after the 25th minute, 30 minute, 30th minute, it just felt like it was over. And. Uh, I still had a glimmer of hope all game. Like even when it was one zero, I'm like, we can get a corner kick, free kick, something that'll you know, you can put one in there. I like, take it or extra time, um, and then you know, the second goal happened and it was over. Yeah, well, the, you know, the game. Go ahead. The, the game turned. Uh, you know, aside from the fact that the the, the the constant pressure just tired out Mexico altogether. But I mean, there, there, there was a, there was a point where it was still zero zero, where Mexico had what they wanted. They had a counterattack with numbers, and uh, Jesus Gallardo, for you know a very unfortunate reason, instead of passing to a wide open Chucky or Chicharito, on his good foot. Yeah, exactly. He ends up deciding to take a shot. It was, it, it was a decent. It wasn't a terrible shot. It was a decent shot, but it, it was it was the worst option to take there. And that just seems like that, that that's been a problem for Mexico for, oh, I don't know, forever. That when it comes yeah. to make decision-making in the final third, it is... It seems that everybody turns into Jurgen Dam. Gringo Castro. Chucky was a big Jurgen Dam-ish. Since I thought Sweden all of them game. were. I mean, they... they, they like, like John said, I mean, you just kind of felt that everybody was going to make the wrong choice. Like, should I pass or should I shoot? All right, I'll pass. Yeah, yeah you should have shot. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, what's the wrong choice? Yeah. I'm going to do that. <laughs> should I control it or should I one time it? It, it felt like it felt like nobody wanted to take a shot. Nobody wanted to one time it. Like it was like I don't want to make that mistake. 
like the one guy who is always ready to one-time shots is Fabiana. He was on the bench. But it felt like Herrera, Vela, all of them. It just felt like the the one one-time shot Bella had was probably the best scoring opportunity we had. It was where, the only shot on goal. Yeah, that was the only opportunity we had. Uh, no, I, I agree with you guys. It felt like w- once it got to the final third, everybody was indecisive. But it wasn't just a, the game against Brazil. It was pretty much all tournament. Because even against... Yep. Against South Korea, Germany, against or against oh, Germany. Oh, that too. Actually, you know, you're right. You're right. Like there were so many the opportunities that were squandered because voy a hacer otro recorte, or I'm going to pass it instead of shooting. Um, or I'm going to shoot instead of passing. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. The amount of it, counters in that game that 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 created chances was ridiculous. For it, for them to yeah. have scored only one was was. It was crazy, and and the same thing I thought in Korea. Perdonaron demasiado. Yeah, and and, and but it, it it ultimately to me it just felt like this game against Brazil was lost when we lost to Sweden. I just felt like that was too demoralizing. And it wasn't just yeah, the, the, it wasn't just how we lost. The Sweden lost exactly. Yeah. Just, you can't recover from. And I mean, like I, I was listening to uh, Football Picante, and they made a mention of like, you know, up until the Brazil game, like the players never really spoke about anybody in, leading up to games. And then in the Brazil game, like they, they like Guardado went out and spoke about Neymar, like that was already in their head. Like, Neymar, like Neymar was already like, in their head. They dyed their hair blonde, dude. I mean, yeah. they were reaching from, like, all angles. Yeah. They, but you know what? But before the Germany game, they also mentioned uh, – they, well, they didn't single out a player, but they did mention uh, – that. Uh, I think Guardado went on record and said, hey, we got to treat the Germany like if we're Atletico Madrid and, and, and respect their, you know, their their jerarquia and, and, you know, play them like a small team. Yeah. Yeah, like, kind of like be the underdog. Yeah, but but you know what? Um, I don't know what you guys think about those, the, the you know the way they they approach Neymar, but I think I think it did get under his skin. I don't know if it affected his his play or if he was more nervous, you know. But I thought that was the one thing they did right. Um, he was gonna fall regardless. He was gonna embellish regardless. So you might as well at least get your get your shots in, make him feel it, yeah. and hopefully wear him down. I, I thought I didn't have an issue with that. It, it, we just. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Like they they they, they absorbed us uh, for like thirty five minutes, and then like when they when they started when they asserted themselves and decided to, um, it's just like please, let's just get to the half. Let's just get to halftime. Let's just get to halftime. And then like the the second half started exactly the same way the way the first one ended, with one team looking clearly better than the other, and the advantages that they had like because I thought the fullbacks, I thought Gallardo um, and and Edson were playing great in the first half. I thought they were great. Uh, but, man, when those dudes started, decided to turn it on, man, especially William was just, like, abusing Mexico. But you know what was funny is that Gallardo, I felt like in the first half, was doing a good job of containing William in the on the wing. I felt like when William went inside is when it, it caused the team problems. 
because they know they could no longer rely on like Gallardo's speed to keep up with him. I think that's what that, like I mean the goal the goal the Neymar goal comes off of him, you know, coming and making a diagonal run inside and dragging like everybody with him. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. I thought Gallardo played really well. I I thought um, Alvarez played really well, even though like I. I would 100% prefer Alvarez as a, as a center back, but I thought he played really well. Um, I did. Th- I do think that the the yellow card was it shouldn't have been a yellow, and that completely like changes how he plays after that, and you know the tactics for the team for, from from a Sodio standpoint. But I thought you know like I said I thought they, they, for 25 30 minutes it looked very promising. It was just a matter of, you know, how long can they keep this rhythm up? Because at the same time, Brazil never looked like they were, you know, like, hitting their full stride. Like, they, they, they were just, you know, this is like second gear for them. And they were still very dangerous. Well, you know, as long as I've watched Brazil, they have always attacked with, you know, at, at least two, two midfielders sometimes three, and then however many, you know, forwards they have, you know, two or three, but the wingbacks constantly, you know, Junior and Jorginho and, you know, and, and Roberto Ca, I mean, just go down the list. I mean, the, Cafu. The, the, yeah, the wingbacks that they've had over the years have just been uh, outstanding. And these guys, you know, Brazil, they were happy to attack with five, and they had, and they were perfectly content to you know, if we can make it Keep great, five not, back. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and they make you work, John. That's the frustrating part. You know? well, that, and, and that's why I think that, you know, with, with, with as much offensive talent as they have, and, and clearly, you know, the, the, the and at least in my opinion, the best defense Brazil has ever had. Because, you know, for, for, for decades, you know, Brazil's always been on that great team, you know, that, that, that should win more than they do, but they always have that one bifia defensiva some some ridiculous bad pass or just you know just a, a, a blunder play that ends up costing them you know world I can think of at least two World Cups where they had a terrible mistake so that, that, that cost them a chance to win the, the whole thing but this defense on the other hand I think they've only allowed what is it one goal this whole tournament and even that goal was in question because the dude that scored it pushed the defender down on the on the corner kick before it happened so yeah, it's going to be a tough nut to crack. I thought there was, I mean, there's a lot of elements that to this loss. It's not just, you know, like, it's it, you can't just put it on one thing. It's not just the Rafa Marquez play. Or it's not just, you know, we had the wrong formation. Or it's, like, like, there's a lot of elements to this that, to this loss. And, like, there was, I thought, a player like Chucky could have easily exploited David Luis, and he couldn't do it. And it was more so because he just, yeah, well, no, the, the, isn't it David Luis? No, 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 Felipe no, Luis. The left, Felipe. The left back, yeah, 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 yeah David Whatever. Luis. Yeah, he that was Chicharito's. That was what Chicharito, Chicharito used to abuse he and, and John Terry when he was uh, when they and were Chelsea. Um, <laughs> Bob. but it. It just seemed like he struggled. Like he just, he would get the ball, and if he didn't, if he if he couldn't outrun you, 
he he couldn't he couldn't do anything. Well, for some reason, he had Bella and and, and Lozano were switched. In the you know, as you guys pointed out, in, in the period where Mexico exerted the most pressure, the, uh, the 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 two wingers who for the whole tournament were cutting inside to shoot instead of center, now they had them on the opposite foot, but they they never sent any crosses into Chicharito. None. So like, so what None. was the point of, of having those guys I think, do that? I, I, I think I think he, he was trying to exploit the speed versus. Felipe Luis and it just Fagner. didn't work. And Fagner, he's a he was the other fullback. Well, they knew what Mexico was going to do. Mexico did it the first two games, so you have to remember that that Chucky wasn't just going up against one guy. Chucky was double team entire match. I also think I I mean me personally, I think he should have the the lineup should have been. Herrera and Guardado as defensive midfielders and Novela in front of them like he had done in the other games. I get what he was trying to do. He was trying to put five in front to pressure them up high. But it just wasn't working. And then Rafa Marquez just wasn't... He wasn't providing enough de- defensive support for the, the for Guardado and, Her- and, and Herrera in front of him where they didn't have to... They didn't have to have such a defensive task. He also but had he, a lot of loose passes too. Yeah, he, just very unrafa-like. You, you know what? Yeah. Though he, he was telling these guys, I, I know. Look, physically he's not there, and he's definitely a liability. But if you notice, the, he, he always told the uh, Ayala or, Sar, or Sarcedo, Gallardo, or or, uh, or Machin or Alvarez where to make the pass. And if you notice, the the the, the goal that ended up. In the counterattack, it was a bad pass from Ayala because he, he played it into a midfielder that was marked. And I think Rafa would have immediately told him, don't, you know, would have told him, play it somewhere else or play it to, you know, the open man. Um, no, I mean, I get why I get why Rafa was played. Like, I, I completely understand it. Yeah. From a mental aspect, the support that he was going to provide on the field and the leadership, there's nobody else that, that was going to do that. I don't and that, that was I, but 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 it's been an well, issue. Under, it's been an issue under Osorio. Moreno was, yeah, well, Moreno was suspended, and he didn't have the only other defender he had or defensive player he had was Ayala, which he had to play, and the other guy was Rafa. He didn't he didn't have any other defensive midfielders. At least, and, and the reality be, is, is that I mean, yeah, Alvarez he put in Alvarez, so why not just go with? Uh, because he wasted a sub. You, 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 well, he wasted two subs. You cannot play a 20-year-old who... He's done it before. Against, against Brazil, who has, you know, 18 months of professional excuse. I don't think he can play in And I mean, see, I, I personally would have had... I would have had Edson, Manmark, Neymar, wherever he... Neymar went to the right, that's where he went. Just, 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 just Manmark him the whole game. But he did that... With uh, with Layun and Layun is the one. Layun follows. Layun yeah. follows Neymar. Layun follows Neymar, and so when Neymar does the back heel to William, it catches everyone off guard, and there's nobody there because right. everyone followed. So I mean, I I do think if Rafa would have been there, and Alvarez was still there, Alvarez wouldn't have followed him. 
I think Alvarez would have left, let him go, and he would have let uh, Rafa have him. So I think I did think I do think that when he brought in Layun, he tried to man mark him because of Layun's speed, and it ended up backfiring. Hey, so that Araujo injury comes back to bite Mexico in the ass big time, right? Well, I, I mean, don't think so. Well, I'm I mean, about Salcedo, I think, I think, Sa- I think, I think, so. yeah, I know. I think Salcedo, Salcedo is Mexico's best defender. But this you, could appear, you could have paired Araujo with Salcedo instead of Ayala, who I think is, uh, who is like a step too slow for, for this game, you know? You know, Ayala played yeah. really well in the Germany game. He, I, I thought he played well. I thought he played well in this game. I felt yeah. up until the mistake, up until the mistake of the last goal, and then him not even running afterwards. I think that's a, a blemish on him. But, but you I also thought, said Juan that Ayala was was uh, Mexico, Mexico, the best passing defender. Yeah, he definitely best best salida. If you're looking to for that latigazo uh, to for the counter, it's it's gonna be Rafa and and Ayala the one making that play. Um, but Nestor wasn't too shabby when he went, you know, in the games that I that I saw him. I mean, Machine had some good, some good long balls. You know, uh, where I he would you, just Machine what? to me had, you know, I think we guys we'll ask this question because, uh, uh, but uh, Machine for me, I know that he had a couple of de- defensive beefies, only because he had to make basically Sophie's choice. Who am I going to defend here? But. Uh, in my opinion, I think he had probably the, the best World Cup outside of Salcedo and Memo, of course, was uh, was was Machin. I thought he played great. Actually, I, I fault him for the, for the goal. I mean, Marco, he just walked back, and that's that's common for players to do. For Ayala, for who Ayala? Oh, uh, Machin. He, he just walked back. If he would have ran to the goal to the line, late or something, he could have stopped that. But He's ball watching, and, that, and it's hard not to do for defending. But uh, yeah, I just... no, he's. I don't think he's to blame. I think it was. I think it was Layun's. If if, if his assignment, if Layun's assignment is to man mark Neymar, then Layun did his assignment. If that's not his assignment, then he's supposed to, you know, leave him off for the for the defensive midfielder, and Layun Layun's the one that also... goes. Yeah, I'm talking of the last. And also forget the fact that it was a fantastic, it was a terrific play. It was, it was. I mean, even Neymar coming oh, back God. around, <laughs> and 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 the cross, the cross slightly going over Salcedo's foot, like it's, it just barely goes over. Yeah. He almost, he almost got to it. He was like, it was, it, it, it was a hell of a goal. It was a hell of a. Goal. So, so that's my question. They all, uh, I'll ask, uh, I'll, I'll ask uh, Dan first. Uh, Dan, out of, out of the entire roster, who, who, who do you feel? A couple of players had had the, the best World Cup for Mexico. Um, I would agree and say uh, Salcedo. I thought he was excellent. Um, I, yeah, I, I would, I would say him and Memo were were, were the two best. All right, I'll ask uh, Rigo. Rigo, your uh, your thoughts? For me, it would be a same thing. Salcedo, Memo, but also Gallardo and 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 Alvarez. Like apart from apart from 
Salcedo and Memo, I felt like Gallardo really, as the games progressed, he really came into the role of a of a left back, and and I felt like Alvarez really, like really developed really well, and, and, and he he did have some like lapses defensively, but then he also had some great moments. Like there was one where he comes back from with with Neymar like stride for stride, and in the box like makes a sliding tackle that takes the ball away. Right. Um, so I, I think I think it's them two. I guess be along with the other two. Yeah, Edson's tackle was that on Neymar? It was inside the box. Yeah, it was, inside the box. Yeah, yeah. clean, a clean, yeah. A clean tackle. It was uh, pretty fresh. All right, I'll ask uh, uh, Profe, Profe Cambia. John, who were who were your uh, who were your gallos? I, I think I, I you know I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement. Salcedo, Ochoa, and Gallardo they were they were the best three, um, and and Salcedo was definitely you know like a revelation the way he stepped up uh, to the challenge of uh, the, the big stage. I don't, I don't think we had seen him play that well for Mexico or even for Chivas. Like only in there was there was flashes, you know. Um, Ochoa, I mean, I mean he he's, he's he's a good he's a decent goalkeeper. Um, Gallardo's a big surprise. I think, you know, Pumas fans are extremely, probably very proud of that player, uh, uh, how he performed. And then you got, like, four guys that if they would have maintained a consistent level, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting here talking about how Mexico beats Switzerland, right? Vela, uh, to me, Vela, Alvarez, Achiach, and Chucky, they, they were good, but they have great tournaments. They had a good tournament, but not great. Yeah, very consistent. Ache Ache, Chucky. Guardado. Guardado. Like say that Guardado didn't have a good tournament at all. He didn't. I mean, the game against Germany was probably his best game, and it wasn't even that good of a game. But he did his job. I mean, they all kind of peaked in Germany, and then... Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Chucky. No one, no one's gonna agree with me on the on this on these statements, but that's okay. I think, I think Chucky, I think Chucky played better than anyone. Just his mentality and any any faults that I think he had on the field. Proper counter attack. He's not. He's not going to go past people. He needs to run past counter and make long balls. And that doesn't happen. Good player. But I think uh, the goal and the danger had an goal game presented. Uh, he made Thiago Silva call his players in the check. I think back there he, he was the one that had him. He took he was, he was dangerous. And they quickly reorganized and stopped. I think uh, I think Chucky, and then I disagree with some other people. I think Ochoa, it, he did good. I think he did great. I think the goalkeepers, Patrick, the saves that they have, a lot of the saves I think were in his vicinity. Put a hand up. Some of them were, were great. One of them was just good reflexes, but the, uh, but I think the goalkeepers overall, this goes for um, Costa Rica as well. Uh, over exaggerate 
And I, yeah, Alvarez, I disagree with that also. I think he played really bad in the Sweden. Although, he's in the Brazil game, he did all right. And I will say that that tackle, that strip of the ball from Neymar, it was more Neymar than Neymar's fault. He was playing too, he was playing the ball too close. It was a good play by him, but, uh, I don't give, I don't give the full credit. I completely disagree on the Chucky thing. I think if anything, this World Cup shows that Chucky's limited as a player. Yeah, but he, that that he re, he really requires he really requires a team to be a counterattacking team for for you to get you to for you to get the most out of him. When the team is in when he's in short spaces and he has to create his own space for himself, he struggles if there's no if if the defending is is good defending. He he's not. Like when you have a player like Tecatito who could take a player one on one and get by, and then create space for himself, there it's it's a different level. And and, and with with Ch- Chucky, he can't do that. He's great when there's a lot of open space and he'll beat you on a on a foot race. Um, but aside from his cut in, he really didn't show much. I mean, the, I would say he's the dangerous next player Mexico had all time. No Shots and he's I mean, you know what? Brazil kept a really close uh, um, eye on him. I mean, they, they practically marked him with two players. You're breaking up a bit. They took, they, they, they took away his, his cutback. Because Giovanni, remember, would play on the right, and he would do the same thing. He would cut inside to shoot. And uh, Maradona instructed his... His, uh, his his wing back in the midfielder to uh, you know whoever's on the cutback you know, just don't don't give him the cutback and that's what that's exactly what what uh, what Brazil did with Chucky. So yeah, there's no open space at all. Their, their defense was excellent. There's no open space. I don't even think I saw one real clear opportunity for goal for Mexico because they were so compact, so organized. And that's the other thing that Mexico Mexico lacks is players who can create. Like we just have like, if if a team is just, you know, defensively sitting sitting back and closing space up, we have just nobody who can create. It is just nothing happens. You know that's actually uh, Rigo what frustrated me the. Uh the most yesterday wasn't necessarily Mexico's loss, but watching how beautiful Japan were playing, you know, in the perimeter of the, of the area where it was Kagawa or whoever would make that one darting pass to the guy making, I mean, just, I was like, man, you know, where has this been? I mean, I really, to me, it was just, it was, it was, it was, it was a work of art watching uh, Japan's attack. Try, and then try, it, you know, they didn't always score, but man, at least at least they gave it a chance. And then it, it goes to show you that you don't. Yes, they have Sun, but you don't really need to have like superstars on your team. As long as you have a good team, if you only have good cohesion and, and the team plays like a team, is, is what I see from Japan. And, but they and, still and lost. Play, no, they, yeah, but let's look at the how they lost though. Like they almost like they almost score. The goalie, the goalie blocks a free kick, 
that turns into a corner kick, and from the corner kick, they lose on a on a counterattack. Like, gotcha. it's not like they were out there, you know. Not they didn't lose like us. Well, they, 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 they were playing a different team though, too. Yeah, they, keep that, they, keep oh, that in a, mind too. A team that's gave up uh, some cheesy goals on, on on headers. I think that first header yeah. where it you know ends up near the second post. Uh, it, I, I think they, they just they they reached their limit. Even though I mean collectively they were they were nice to look at. At the end of the day, they lost to the to the better team, to the team with a you know way better players. Right. Maybe questionable. But defense. before before we uh, before we get to the rest of the tournament, I do want to. I'll check out with Joel, who uh, hasn't had his chance to respond to who he thought uh, Mexico, uh, or off of Mexico's team, had the uh, had the best World Cup. So, so Joel, we'll let you get your two cents in, maybe three cents. My my two devalued pesos. I'll say uh, Titan Salcedo, who I have to worry a little bit what's going on with some of his comments after the Germany game you know almost hinting that he might not return not sure what's going on not sure if this is scored related or just you know fallout from the team but I, I felt he had a really good tournament uh, he's one of the players we talked about John from the Olympics that we wanted to see that we were saying that's the future of Mexico's defense along with Montes so I hope whoever takes uh, over the national team starts recruiting Montes as well. That's that's another uh, talent. So Titan Salcedo, uh, Ochoa, obviously, I think he's had he was one of the better players, very consistent, um, kept Mexico in the fight. And then I'm gonna go with Alan. Say Chucky. I don't think he did as much as people expected because. What we've been seeing him doing in PSV in, in, in the Dutch league, but I mean, I, I think a, a lot of it also had to do with with the team, you know, just not just not putting him in better positions to, you know, he could do what he does best. I think he ended up doing more work than he should have. Uh, but but I feel that going into the next cycle, I think he's going to be one of the to go guys of the national team. Uh, whoever takes over probably can even, especially you're looking at a Mexico team that is lacking attack, and and so I feel that he's going to become that much more important. It's going to be uh, Chucky and Carlos Fierro. Be the, Carlos Fierro. Well, Carlos Vela still is still, you know, he's the, the point he's, of the spirit. The point of the spirit. Well, we'll talk about the future in a second now. Before we get to the rest of it, just real, real quick, go ahead. Who was your? Uh, I would ask you quién la cagó, but that's that's rooted in her. So I'm saying, who who's your your biggest disappointment? I know I don't I don't really have one honestly to have. Okay. Uh, I I would have to say probably Gio, because but he didn't really get to play, and I know he had a big drop in form. But I also feel maybe the coach never quite knew how to utilize him because yeah, something that we've always talked about in this podcast about Gio was that. No matter how bad he looked at any club, he was sad, and he was in a lot of clubs, you know, on loan or whatever. He would always come to the national team, and he would, he would just deliver. He's like the mailman, and and 
And then all the thing we will see is this partnership with Vela, you know, since the under 17s. Anytime they got to play together, they would work some magic, man. They would, they would, they were a good uh, dynamic duo. But then un- under uh, JCO, I just felt that he, I don't know, he he was almost absentee right there. Hey, but he, he filmed a lot of commercials, man. He's busy. Expecting there, I mean, there might be, he, but he, that, that's a commercial. That's a lot of the, the you know, selection but, but, but why, too, man. But why was he, but the point is, yeah, he was in the Pepsi commercial. Why was he in the Pepsi commercial? Because as Joel said, that for years, you know, as, as, as star-crossed as his club career has been, he, you, know, you know, Giovanni is at LA Galaxy for what he's done with the national team. He's not there for what he did with Real Santander or Villarreal. It was what he did with the national team. So, so he just, yeah, he was just a player that just didn't, to me, to me, the, the the big disappointment for me was Tecatito, because Tecatito oh. was supposed to come in and be this game changer, <laughs> this guy that's gonna, you know, really, you know, as 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 Rigo pointed out, a guy who has skill that can make a play for him. Oh, good, they're playing South Korea. They're tired. Tecatito's coming in. You know, Mexico should, you know, they have they have a really good chance of uh, of scoring some goals here. You know, especially with the Koreans being tired of snap. And, and all Tecatito did was come in and lose the ball, and uh, and lose the ball in bad spots, and that's how Korea ended up ended up equalizing. Mexico was on on Tecatito. So, so to me, uh, Tecatito, and again, uh, just just really, uh, just you know, ha- had he performed a little better, you know, maybe things would have been different. After that, I don't think the coach could trust him. And uh, so, so that to me was very uh, very unfortunate. He had a very unfortunate World Cup. Yeah, that was disappointing the way he played. Uh... In that game, it looked like he was. And Giovanni, Giovanni is not bad Exactly, yeah, he was. Uh, he, he was not. He was not. Uh, anybody else? Anybody uh, have uh, someone who? Uh, I'll say uh, the entire, uh, all the forwards. Um, I'd say Vela, Cheech. I mean, as 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 important as he was on that in that goal versus Germany, um, he also misplayed a lot of them. Um, uh, you know, he, he he had a good tournament, uh, but. I think, generally speaking, all of them, as a unit, they they disappointed. I mean, if it wasn't one guy, it was another who who was making that wrong decision. And um, I think it was pretty consistent that every one of them, at different points, did made the same mistakes. Um, but so yeah, I, I would, uh, I, and I don't know, I was I was really wrong about Tecatito. I thought he'd be one. I thought he'd play a more prominent role in the tournament. He had a bit part, and um, and his bit part was was not was largely ineffective. So, yeah, I would say him. I would say Tecatito and Chucky are my my, my definitely biggest disappointments because also Chucky was supposed to be the next big star, you know, and uh, and obviously Mexico fans, you know, were, were pretty starved for that star power. I mean, they're 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 seeing his name in the beginning of the, of the match. But but Dan, don't you feel that Chuck played a good role in the big win over Germany? I mean, because going into all the other matches after that game, he was the most celebrated player, man. That he would get the loudest pop yeah. from the crowd, the the singing. But it was I think all it's for more. Him. I don't think it's so much as a, a product of what he's done. I think it's more of a product of what we want him to be. Um, no, but. Hey. You know what, Jolie? I think I think in that after that game, he definitely drew more attention from the opposing coaches. 
as well. You know, they kind of made sure that he didn't get any. You're you're right. The game the game kind of played the Germany game was perfect for him because they allowed him space, and they never adjusted um, to try to protect themselves from the counter. So yeah, I think he shined in that game. But after that, you know, when the pressure was on him to to come up with something. He, you know, he he disappeared for large, large uh, parts of the uh, large stretches of the game, and he just didn't. He wasn't well, able to, to to put the team on his back and just come up with something. He made his presence felt in the, in the South build Korea us. game. Though. I mean, he he fed Chaita yes. for the second goal. He had a couple of uh, really nice attempts at goal. I mean, he didn't make it, but I mean, again, you're not gonna you know, you're not gonna score everything. So. Yeah, he had a goal in an assist this tournament. Yeah, yeah. Only, Mexico only scored three goals. I mean, so he just seems to... very one-dimensional. Yeah, yeah but he, he, had those, he had those moments, guys. I'm not taking that away from him. But did he have the tournament that, that, that the way he was being built up as, as being like a legitimate star, a legitimate like um, world-class player? Or, yeah, I think he did. Not at all. In the making? No. Not at all. He was no close to that. Played he, up to he was underwhelmed. He was going to be Neymar or anything, but I think he played up to his expectations. Neymar and Coutinho, for example, against Mexico, they got shut down, right? Uh, it, it was you can shut down two players, but then they, now they had a they left open William. William, yeah, so exactly. I think pick your poison, Mexico. Yeah, that's well and good. I'm not saying that he he it was his fault that they lost. My point no. is that he, if he's really the star player that we want him to be, I think he could have done more. Quite frankly, I mean, I think he, like, when you need someone to come up, like, were you really thinking, at least I stopped believing, like, in that, that he was going to be able to do something? Like, I, I mean, had, if you, th- if you think about that, my point was uh, that he needs a partner in crime, you know? But if you think about, like, our previous World Cups from Mexico, like, the other young guys that have come out and really, like, you know, made an impression. Gabriel Arellano, Guardado, when he first came out. Arellano, nowhere close to what? He didn't score or give an assist. But he was a difference maker. In what? In what game? Chucky Chucky isn't a difference maker in the game. You know what? Call an assist. Gabriel's runs, if you ever, if you, I I know you guys didn't listen to the games on radio, but I heard them on the radio, and they were the greatest thing ever, you know. It, it was exciting to hear on the radio, hearing Cabrito with the counter. He has the ball, and then he would, like, triple the, the ball. score. And he wouldn't <laughs> score, exactly. But he wouldn't put it in, you know, but it was just, you're like, all right, something's going to happen this time. I, this, this is the one. This is the one. If of the I, one, I, I will be, of the I'll one be. goal. Of the, of the one goal Chucky scored, how many of those opportunities did he have in that Germany game? He probably had at least three or four. Yeah, but. Rodrigo, you're not going to. I mean, you know, soccer isn't a sport where you're. No, where you five, score six, a million goals. goals. No, I, I understand, but there was a lot of times where he had the opportunity to shoot, and he would cut back or he would pass it. The goal that where he scores, he cuts back, and Ozil just stops. Had it been another, maybe a defender, but he, he, the defender might have made it back in time to stop his shot. Well, he, to, the, me, he, he, to me, to me, did he, to me, did he score by accident? No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, he fired off. Said, fired it off quick. He was coming back, but he fired it off quick. He almost screwed up. Yes. He so you're saying it's premature? Quick. No, he was actually tripped. He he was tripped by Ozil. 
That's why Ozil kind of stopped because he, he kind of pulled his legs back because he didn't want to get called for the penalty kick because he, he nicked his, his leg, which is why that it looked like he hesitated to pull the shot off, but it was just him kind of gathering himself to get the shot off. So I, I thought that was a great goal. Um, I don't think I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he's a bad player either. I just think he's a little bit limited in what he can do. Yeah. And when the when when well, you know the, what, so then so be it. If he's lim- if, if that's all he can do, then maybe he needs to learn to do what what he does really really well. Like there Robin. are a ton of guys. Exactly. There are a ton of guys all over Europe and in other leagues where they they're are limited ponies. Yeah. By God, there that that trick that they know what to do is is, is really good. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I think he is. I think he's near he's near that. You know, one trick that's excellent. What, what you you guys are comparing him to Cabrito just real quick. Uh, Dan, I guarantee yeah. you guys, Chuck is going to do way more than Cabrito. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. This is the same Jolie that was that was calling him a Pecho Frio uh, less than a year ago? Maybe, maybe more. No, it was, it was just yeah, cause he months was, ago. Yeah, because he was. It <laughs> was like days ago, man. But, but I said he so can't evolve. He, he can't reach his final form. A warm sweater? Hey, I will say this, though, on, uh, on Tricky. Um, if they're gonna play, we talked about it already. If they're gonna play a team like Sweden that, just, that has a solid defense and sits back, then he's not gonna he's not gonna be good. That's where I right. think Gordon should have kind of stuck to his guns, like I think Juan said, and and, and done some rotation. Put, put someone else in. Well, I mean, what, what boggled the mind about the about the Sweden game is that he knew how Sweden was gonna play, but for whatever reason, he said, "You know what, my guys, were, you know, he, he did the." My guys have been playing while we've been playing, so we're going to play like that. It's like, yeah. then, then why did you prepare all those five and six months and all the friendlies and everything you've done for that game when you still needed to get a result? I mean, it was, it's, a, it's like some of these coaching decisions that you've seen in these, uh, you know, in, 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 in the last World Cups are just, are just, are just. The pressure gets it, to it, them it, too. Yeah, it is, but it boggles the mind. Boggles to the me, I feel like he overthinks things. Yes. Well, he opened yeah, two things and it got him top of CONCACAF qualifying, and then he stops over. Yeah, but I mean, you know, everybody keeps going back to the CONCACAF thing. It's like this is probably one of the weakest oh, CONCACAF yeah. exactly. cycles yeah. in recent history. <laughs> yeah, but but he played played. I, I agree with Rigo. The, the region was pretty oh, yeah. weak, man. Yeah, that's, that's and it's gonna it's gonna hurt us going into the next cycle because I know fans and we have selective amnesia, man. And we're gonna be expecting that same, you know, to be that easy, like yeah. similar with La Volpe when he said "pasamos caminando" yeah, and he, he played like US, three, three. Outside of the U.S., Joel, the, the teams just aren't. You know, Panama. Was, was it's going to be adios Panama. They're not going to be the same. Costa Rica is not going to be the same. Honduras might be a little better. So I, I think the competition is going to be is going to be about the same. It just the strengths are moving to different teams. You know I, I do think you know gonna, Panama still is going to give a fight. You know what's oh, going to be great? Gonna try to kick your legs and, and body you up and rock roughhouse. I mean, and the referee's still not going to. You're still going to allow it, so that's not going to change. Yeah, you notice how uh, Panama, <laughs> once they started calling fouls on them the way they were against England and Belgium, they uh, didn't seem to have the same bravado as they do in, in Concacaf games by any stretch. All right, so 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 Chucky, the disappointing 
outside of Chucky, who's apparently a very polarizing figure because we have him as people thought he had a good World Cup, other people had a bad World Cup. Uh, and, and, and anyone else? Uh, Chucky, Tecatito. They're disappointed? Yeah. But Cheech disappointed. Oh, Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela, I was waiting because of his recent play of the game. Uh, Jofis. shot on the corner. Jofis and Carlos Vierro. <laughs> <laughs> to me, to me, Herrera and Guardado. I mean, and he had chances in the world in the games, but he just so he's more guider and with other stuff. Vela was bad. You know, the, the sad part about Vela is, is he went to a, a league that's less demanding, so his skills. You know, I don't, I don't think it's, he's going to improve much. He's, you know. Dude, he's uh, again. These guys. He's done anyway. Yeah, they're all. The, 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 all these guys. This is it for them. That so you, Rigo, Rigo, you said Herrera and Guardado. Is that you? Yeah. He's, he's thirty years old, man. Hey, are you serious? Yes. Oh wow, man. Yeah, this, I'm telling you that this was it. If, if you look at all the guys that are between ages of, of 28, 32, it's like, like, like 14 or 15 guys on this team. There's going to be a major recambio, a major recambio coming up. What? You know, you know, the Gold Cup might be their last hoo-ha. That, that might be it. I, I hope, I hope they all might retire. be their last party. I, I think this should be their last party. They shouldn't be given any more. I, I think yeah, they honestly, should, they Mexico should... should be right now. They should be planning for uh, 2026. Was, yeah, that's absolutely what they should be doing. Start uh, get a young group of players. You know, um, they should have enough quality to qu- to qualify at a Concacaf for this last one uh, for this next World Cup, and just build and and get a and get a system going, get a get a proceso started, give it give it time, nurture it, and uh, let it go through its through its growing pains, and then just hold, build because they're going to have home field advantage in eight years, and I think. That whatever kids are, they start up now, or they're going to be hitting their peak in eight years' time. That's 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 where I that's what I, I'm hoping that they go. And I, I, you know, thank you guys. You know, like I, I personally was 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 glad that Rafa was there. I personally was, I mean, really hoping he's always been my favorite player. So I I was hoping that he would kind of exercise some of those demons, um, and and just help. Bring this, 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 uh, these kids or these kids, these 30 year olds, help them reach the potential that we had all hoped for. But, you know, it didn't work out. It didn't pan out the way we wanted. You know, move on and let's just, let's just give it, get, get some new, new blood in there. All new blood. I, I, you know, with a hand, except with the exception of a few players like Memo, I'm okay with keeping. Obviously, he's a goalkeeper. He's great. Um, maybe, uh, Nestor, and I don't know about Salcedo, but, but guys like that, um, for sure. I think 25, no? Yes, yeah, Salcedo's 24, yeah. so he'll be back. Nestor, will be back. I, Nestor was in the Sub-23 in, uh, in 2012. He's, 20, so he's, a, he's, he's about 28. Is he 25? Yeah. He's 25. Yeah, I was, I was telling, I think, Joel on the chat, though, that a lot of these players don't seem like Europe is their destination, like Pizarro and Trophies and... So if if Linus. going to Europe, yeah, Linus, if if going to Europe is going to make this team better, that does that you know that's that's just a belief that it's almost like if it's a magic potion, go over there and you're magically better. Well, there's reason. Uh, 
And yeah, we said it here a bunch of times. It's like no reason to go unless the coach of a club really wants you. If they if they really need you in that team, and we've seen the difference. Uh, like Memo going to what was it Granada, whatever that team was where he didn't even play, and even Cheech when when the coach of Leverkusen wanted him, or the coach of PSV wanted Chucky, and and we've seen a bunch of other players that. They just go because there was some type of offer, and then all they do is, you know, struggle to get off of the bench. But do you think in four years, if there are a lot less in the playing work, better or worse? You you could off it though. In four years, yeah, could. In four years, if there are Mexican players that aren't you know, a significant amount that aren't playing in Europe as they are now. Going to do better or worse? Than, than the I still can't uh, hear you, Beto. I think the question was if Mexico doesn't have as many players in Europe uh, between now and in four years' time, are there chance are there chances to be better? Are they going to be better or worse? Yeah. Uh, for me, I think they might play better as a team. You know, John mentioned he wants uh, more cohesion in the team. Uh, and, and I think it, it might it might work uh, to their benefit because uh, if you look at Argentina, they they really struggle. They've really been struggling. They have tons of players in Europe and and, and top talent, you know. And, and they can't just put it together because they they really they they bring in a manager with this crazy system, and there's really no time to to, to work on it to to get it down, um, to get all the the minute details. Uh, and, and get the team working, synchronized, you know. Um, so if you're gonna bring in the, a manager like Sampaoli, Bielsa, or, or or those type of managers that you know that like to, that have all these little details that you have to learn, it, it's to their benefit. The more they have the, the, the players um, to work with. I think, but I do think there needs to be a mix. I think, I think you, it, it, the, the the Pizarro thing definitely sucks because he's he's a top talent and going to Europe could have definitely helped him. You yeah, know, but there was reach, no, no high... offers for him though. Like no team really wanted him. You, you didn't hear anything well, that the problem. No, there, no, there was, was rumors. There was rumors. But the problem. The, yeah, rumor, but the, the rumor was that the rumor was that boys, it doesn't that, matter. The problem was that somebody paid twenty million dollars, and he's worth three at the most. That's the problem. So they had I mean, they had to recoup his money as much and, as they could. I mean, and, and if if Liga MX really, if the federation really cares about building cohesion and, and having more Mexican talent, they need to change the 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 extranjero rule. Less extranjeros, you know. Bring back the rule where you have to play with you have youngsters on on. What was it? Was, wasn't it? There was in there a rule before we had to have two youngsters. You had to have two youngsters on 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 your team that played or something like that. The the two, the two thousand uh, the under twenty two thousand. La veinte la la regla veinte once. Yeah, yeah. Have, at least one of the players had to be under twenty and he needed to get. X amount of minutes. Per Any players? It, yeah, I think they could use like a mixture of, of players. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. But I, I think Hector Herrera was a product of that. Yeah. Bato Araujo too. I think 
didn't they bring it back though? They I, did, I, but but to me it's, it's pointless when you have unlimited yes unlimited so authority. It's so it started. No, right. it's even more important now because now you no. really need these guys. You, you know, now the top talent. Now, now they're gonna have to really think. Okay, which talent can really contribute? You know, I, I mean, it can go both ways. Instead of or, or just throw in some kid when you have a game one, just to rack up the minutes. But they could they could do that anyway. I mean, they could if in the in the under the old um, extranjero rule, they could still do that. So I think now. You know the the spots are limited. They might be like, okay. It's to be That's that's the deal. You want to limit it to five? It used to be a limit. But yeah. but they, they wouldn't limit the naturalizados. To do is make sure they feel like nine locals. I would do three or four foreigners. Hey, but remember that that was kind of the rule uh, before, but you still had teams like uh, that would bring in naturalizados, so it almost didn't matter because you had you, you didn't limit the number of, of naturalized players. Now it's like okay, you have uh, this number of foreigner slots, and the rest they, they, the player has to be a homegrown player, and I guess they got special rules. He's got to be registered in the club before um, you know he's, his 18th birthday. So, in a way, I mean, it could improve the number of Mexican players. Now, let me, ask, let me ask you all this. Do you feel more comfortable in the direction well, that Mexico needs to go, that we all understand what is ahead of them, with Denis Teclos and Torrado running the show, or would you rather have guys like Memo Cantu and Lesio Maria running the show? I don't want any of them. I think I think Dennis is very professional. I think he's he's shown to be doing a good job. He already got us a talent in Jonathan Gonzalez, uh, type of player we would have lost under the old administration. Efrain Juarez, Efrain Alvarez too, right? He's in the. He brought him into the I can't exactly. wait to see him. He's, he's excited. Yeah. Yeah. And but... and he he's the dude also, uh, Dennis. They got Mexico those friendly senora. Um, you know, he he did something. He did this one simple trick that uh, some was not counting on FMF doing. That your doctor hates. He 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 called the FAs directly to schedule the games. <laughs> They're not going through promoter. As, go, <laughs> as it goes through a promoter, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that I think that's crazy. That's, <laughs> yeah, unheard of. Can't believe it. We knew you could do that. So Joel, you're 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 okay with uh, the close and Torrado, but Barriga, you're like hell no. No, I mean I'm just I'm just tired of all the federation guys. Well, I mean understand though that I mean the close and Torrado didn't take over until November. Yeah, no. Yeah. So you know this the, 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 this cake was baked long before they even came in. So the, this is just starting for them. I mean the, the, their their first decision they have to make is who will shepherd Mexico into the next World Cup, and more importantly, yeah. the one in 2026. Yeah, I like, I like, I like how you pose that. Who will shepherd? <laughs> 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 going to take over the herd. 
Well, that wasn't my intention, but we all want to take it. I do think right now he has to be the main candidate. I know I've been negative on him, but I do think he has one one really good trait that he knows how to build a he knows how to like get the team to work together. He, he could, and and sometimes when you're going through that transition, it, I think that's where some coaches fail, where, where it's it's hard for them to to get the whole team to to one of uh, Chepo's main drawbacks. But I think uh, <clears throat> Almeida, man, he, he's really good at that. Well, Jolie, if you were... He could build a group, man. He could build a good locker room. Jolie, if you were a player, which which um, uh, uh, which coach would you rather be listening to? Chepo uh, lecturing you? You know, or, or not, not lecturing you, sermonizing you? You know, he, he comes across like kind of like a preacher, you know. No, no, I mean, we're, we're uh, in agreement Osorio, there, Osorio, right? Osorio, the, Osorio the, the philosopher, you know, I, I think he would cause you to kind of, um, you know, start uh, thinking about something Cat, else. Or, or, yeah, you know, or, or Almeida, <laughs> you know, he's, he's very inspirational. He, you're like, hey, dude, I, you know, I want to help this guy. He's, no, yeah, he's Almeida, like, he's like your cool uncle that invites you over for a barbecue, man. That's... <laughs> Beers. You go, you go get tattoos together, man. That's <laughs> yeah. But I think I think Almeida combines a little bit of the JCO and a little bit of the uh, Miguel Herrera with his own flair because. He's, he's a guy that could definitely bring the guys up just by talking to them. Motivational when he talks to them. But then he's also very tactical. He studies his opponents. He, he, he adjusts, adjusts his game plans based on who he's playing. But, and still, and still imposes his style of play. I think I mean I think it was evident during the Conquer Champions where they played a couple teams that were like the Red Bulls. There was there was definitely issues with where the Red Bulls were just a lot more physical than Chivas were, and, and he game plan for that. He game plan for Toronto. He game plan for Tigres in the final. I mean you see you saw you saw him. You, through his time with Chivas, you saw him develop tactically because there, there was those two back to back losses to Club America in the in the in the Liguilla and then he comes back in the following year and and he's able to tactically you know win matches that he might have lost before so there, there was that growth for him and I, I think there is that I think that's something that that that's something that I, I do find that JCO did very well he was able to you know analyze his opponent find the best tactics did it did it did it work not always it, it did versus some opponents not versus others but I think Almeida can bring that as well to the team well uh, you know what I thought Jolie was going to put up more more of a fight uh, with Almeida but you know I brought a bunch of notes but think, <laughs> to me the, you know to me the reason he was losing to Club America is, is Chivas didn't really have a a, a striker he's you know um, before like in his first full season with the team where he did a pretemporada they finished fourth um, and they lost to Willas they had a 
they have Bravo and they have Saldivar and, and Michel Vasquez uh, sharing minutes, and they both combined for two goals. You know, you had a uh, Gulit providing the the bulk of the goal scoring, and he's not really a striker. And, uh, most of those goals were in penalty kicks, were they not? Yeah. You know, so yeah. So I my I only it, my only issue my only issue with the with the Almeida thing is if they if they allow him to work. I mean, it, it's going to be the whole thing with like same thing as Osorio, where it's gonna, there's going to be detractors already. I mean, the, Hugo Sanchez has already said the next world, the next coach has to be Mexican. So you'll know he'll be every night of Picante talking about how the coach is Mexican and blah blah blah. Um, so that's my, that's the only thing. And if Mexico's in, in a four year process, they're bound to have a rough a rough patch. And it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But they have a solid uh, def- defensive prospects uh, lined up. I think just from the midfield forward, there's there's going to be some. Okay, so let's uh, let, let's talk about it. So off of this team, I mean, it looks it looks like the defense is probably the most solid because you have, you know, based on who started against Brazil, you have Gallardo, you have. Uh, you have Salcedo, you have Machid, and then you have Cesar Montes. So, Linea de Cuatro, you're, you're pretty set. That's, that's, and you have Araujo, and then yeah, but he's gonna be, how old is he? No, he's 25. No, no, no one wants Alaniz. No, Alaniz. Araujo's 25. Alaniz is in Europe, man. Didn't, isn't he a Ketafe? He's a terrible defender. He's gonna improve over there, man. I well, feel Nestor, like Nestor went. Um, Nestor is now in uh, in Europe too. He, uh, with Mohamed. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, I forgot he's in Chaton, Europe. Chaton now. is also in Europe. To say. And not, and not that you guys care, but Izquierdos uh, is left. So my team is without a center back. <laughs> you could have so, uh, wow. a good Marine. But speaking of uh, the future, man, I, I do think their fullbacks are going to be um, potential NT players for sure. Oh, the, the uh, especially Angulo. Angulo, yeah, he's 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 quite good. Yeah, there, there's definitely some. Okay, so so the defense looks to be pretty solid, but in the midfield, I mean, things start thinning out pretty good. Like, is this is this Jonathan Gonzalez good going to pan out? He's more of an offensive midfielder, right? He, um, no, he's more well, defensive. He was a, yeah, he's a defensive. He's a he's a he's a defensive Look, I, I didn't watch um, Monterrey that much, but I was reading uh, in the in the in the in one of the soccer forums. Somebody mentioned that he only played there because there was an injury, but he usually plays as a more uh, offensive midfielder for Monterrey. And I think he took Molina's spot. Yeah, when he was injured, and but You're right. he plays he plays as a more meat store, more you know, more more offensive. Um, it was just that you know when they when he caught everyone's eye, he stepped in for Molina. I could see him. I could see him. Like now that he's played defensive midfielder, like playing there. But yeah, he's even more the, of a he's more of a box to box guy. Yeah, even in the friendly, uh, he played offensively. So, so there's 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 Orbe, is Orbelin is is he gonna is he gonna find his mojo again? I mean, he's been who knows? A, like a mixto type of. Yeah, he's a box to box guy. Um. You know, he uh, and then of course, you know, there's there's Pizarro, 
but at this point, would Bissauro be considered a winger or would he be in the midfield? No, I think he's in the midfield. Volante ofensivo. Yeah. Like a ten. The way the way the way Chivas played them was it was uh it was it wasn't like a, a normal, you know, like diamond in the middle with a three. It was it was kind of like stacked. It was like Gallito and then like Orbelin kind of in front of him, and then Pizarro in front of both of them, allowing that there to be like oh, it was almost like a like a like a, like a zigzag type of thing, like a lopsided triangle. Yeah, and it allowed it allowed Pizarro to be offensive, but also kind of drop back, and then it uh, Orbelin to be you know box to box, and Gallito behind them protecting them. And then, I mean, the reality is, is that Machin will probably be a defensive midfielder. Yeah, moving forward. Wait, because that's you... that, that 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 is his natural position. Who's Machin? Who are you guys saying Machin is? It's it's He's a natural center back, isn't he? And and he no, he he plays uh, contención as far as uh, that, that 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 that's what he played for. Uh, for a minute. Well, regardless, he's the future, he's the future captain. I mean, there's any doubts about that. You know what? He's he's great with the ball at his feet. I th- I thought uh, coming out and trying to, you know, if, if they, I read something that if you you need a defensive mid or the midfielders to be able to dribble out of pressure, if he's the defensive mid, I can see him being being able to excel at that. See, I could see I could see Osvaldo Lanis becoming a defensive mid. Because he can dribble, he has he's a good passer and he has good vision. But, but you just said he, he's a terrible defender. He's a terrible defender, right? When he's the man, he's when he's the last, he's when he's a. But as a defensive midfielder, you have more. You have somebody behind <laughs> you. No, I mean we'll see. I guess some um, someone with his size in 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 the midfield. It's yeah. something that uh, Mexico's never really had, like, and and it does seem that the that defensive midfielder is, at least on some level, a natural position for him. I'm 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 with John. I'm I'm hoping to see him there. Um, and I have, and I don't see anyone that's young that's playing that position. Hey, Michael Perez uh, benched Gallito for a little bit uh, at Chivas. In fact, that's why I think that's why they feel they could sell him because uh, Michael Perez was playing well. It just with more. Michael Perez, it just feels like he has a ceiling. Yeah, yeah, like like you know, like there's some where he's very inconsistent. There's some games where he's good, some games where he's not. Um, Definitely, this was an inconsistent season for him. Um, I mean, I'm not like t- where I'm more what I'm more worried about with the net with the national team is the striker position because after Raúl. I mean, who really is there? There's a kid from Toluca. What's his What's his name? Rojo. No, that's not his name. Some kid. <laughs> Angel. Angel. Isn't it Angel? <laughs> oh, I, I think I think he scored on Chivas, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. He scored the Chilena on Chivas. There, just, there really aren't that and many. He attempted like... a second one, like almost right away. Yeah, there there aren't any there aren't very many like strikers. You know what? But Chivas got two interesting ones, uh, Godinez and Martinez. Yeah, Godinez is a big kid, man. 
Yeah, he is. He's a little he's a little chicharito ish with the ball. That's that's right now one of the hopes for the Chivas FO is that uh having a coach like Cardoso he could teach some of these guys how to put it in the back of the net and uh they released a video where he's working with them and it it seemed to won over a lot of fans. A lot of my well, key hermanos were content. They, they beat they beat Atlas in a in a closed door friendly five zero. And and Pulido scored two goals for the first time in, in how many months? Years. <laughs> yeah. I, I think one one of them was a free kick. Um, but it's, but and you're not. Are you happy? I was going to say. Uh... Sorry, Dan. Oh, and I was going to say as far as like prospects, young prospects, uh, uh, John Malek. Uh, I know he's 19 and still part of the, I guess, playing part of a, a bit part of the Portos B team, but I think he's got potential. Uh, at least his goals are pretty high quality, but obviously the competition is pretty weak. So, But I, I, I'm hopeful for him. He's, he's got a lot of size. Uh, big dude with, with, a lot, with a lot of, seems like a complete striker. He's got all kinds of different finishes. Hopeful for him. What happened to that kid, uh, the, the Wonder Kids that uh, Jolie used to track? Uh, one of them was Brian Alvarez. The other one oh, was... man, those th- disappeared a long time ago, man. They should be <laughs> their peak about now. You're going way back, way back. I also read about some guy at Ipswich. Have you guys heard about him? Uh, no. Oh, wait, is it the kid Arsenal's trying to sign? The Canadian-Mexican? Yeah, I think so. What's his name? I think his last name is Flores. I'm not sure though. Hey, you got Lalo Aguirre, uh, Tampico Madero. Scored some goals in Toulon. It'll be interesting to see players from that squad, like Cervantes from Chivas, the midfielder. That kid played lights out. Um, there's uh, who's the kid? There's a. What about trophies, man? If it's Almeida, yeah, I mean, does he take trophies? He's a few Linus. Hey, trophies that, and that, Linus. You know what that kid Dan uh, mentioned? He's supposed to be a wonder kid, man. There's like several clubs uh, uh, supposedly fighting for to to sign him to bring him into their their cantera. I think uh, I think I had read Manchester City ended up paying a million dollars for him, uh, but Barca was after him. I think there, there's a few a few schools, a few clubs that were after him, but. I think he should have gone up to Barca instead of uh, Man City. But who knows? Who knows uh, what offers were there for him? No, yeah, I think that's the... To me, the, the striker position is the one that's most concerning. I think from there back, the, I think we have good wingers. I think we have good midfielders. I think we have good defense. Um... I'm not really. Well, you like have him. the guy Aguirre that uh, that that uh, brought up the tied uh, and Alan Shearer's record at the Toulon tournament uh, right before the cup, putting up seven goals. Who, whose record? For, uh, Alan Shearer. Marco Fabian and Alan oh, Shearer. Oh, and Marco Fabian. They uh, they scored seven goals in the Toulon tournament. But this, but uh, this guy did it with uh, one last game because 
those guys played in tournaments where they had uh, five team groups, and this was only four team groups. So uh, not bad for uh, for the, the kid Aguirre who uh, had the seven goals. So, but you know, as as, as uh, Rigo pointed out, there are uh, you know, but it's uh, historically been Mexico's uh, problem position. Now, Joel, you mentioned the, uh, the the Cardoso tape. Is it going to be as viral as as Tucas? Uh, <coughs> no, no. Let me show y'all how to do this. <laughs> no, it's not that viral fight. It won over a lot of Chi hermanos that had been very skeptical of Almeida leaving, and think it was pretty brilliant in the whoever did it from the Chivas end to put that out. And it seemed to have calmed down a lot of a lot of the fans. Is Pelado still in Mexico, or did he go back to Argentina? He's, you know what? You have to hand it to he's he stayed in Guadalajara, man. And uh, I remember he gave a good shave to to Aiguera, uh, talking about how he planned to go to Chiva games, and if they gave him like a palco or something. <laughs> uh, but he uh, he stayed, but. You have to give credit to his also to his um to his manager. He's the opening rappers. Uh, I feel that uh it's so. Hello? Okay, but so Did, uh, wait a second. Okay. Hold okay. I thought that uh that he had an offer to go to uh, Qatar. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. That, that he turned down. I think that's all his uh, manager, man. That, I think that's Hirsi that put that out there, man. I think, uh, and and it happened right before the Brazil game. And then after the game, he's like, it's a good offer, but I turned it down. I, I, think, I think that's just his manager, you know, creating some noise. Playing games? Yeah, just to put him to put him in the in the spotlight, which he did. Like, hey, you know, don't forget, Mati's right here. <clears throat> oh, did did that noise happen after the game? No, the the, the news filtered right before the the match, before was the it, Brazil game. Was it before? Mm-hmm. I saw it. I saw it after the game. Dude, I saw no, it, it was. Well, yeah, when it came out, it was like before. And then after was that he turned it down. Yeah. Like later in the day. But it was supposedly on the official page of the uh, the club. I thought it was I, a fan page. It was a fan page? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Huh. You know how pathetic I used to be? Back in the in, in, in the 2010 cycle. The only, the one and only Google nurse News alert I ever set up was for Neri Castillo. <laughs> <laughs> How sad is that? Hey, man, I bet you you weren't the only one, John. I mean, there's still people hoping for, you know, Neri's return, man, because he was, he killed Brazil, man, that day. Yeah, he did. We did not have a Nelly on the pitch yesterday. Could have used one. Yep. That might be up there with 
the greatest goal I He's one of one of the ones scored in that. It was the greatest assist by Cacho too to find him there, you know? Or is it yeah, yeah, Juan Carlos Cacho? You know, there were all uh, the Chilindrina and <coughs> what a team. The Pachuca team? And the Han Alvarez. I mean, that is. Yeah. Hey man, those those, those guys, they, that team played so well that even uh, what's his name, uh, uh, the little short guy, the left back, he, he got called up by Hugo. He played in that uh, Copa America. Who, La, Chil- La Chilindrina? No, well, I mean that team played so well that they got uh, they got a uh, Jaime Correa, the center mid, and uh, I forgot the left back. He's like five foot two. What's uh... it was Pachuca's left back, and and then he. He got called up by Hugo for that tournament. What name? I, I forgot the name, dude. I, I, I can't hear you. In the boonies. In the boonies. He's in the boonies? Maybe. Wait, did you guys ask me a question? No, the cell signal for John is probably a little weak. But, uh, Google Sanchez, man, how about him for coach? (laughs) Give him the other chance. Hey, he was a pretty good coach, man. He was the first to win back-to-back in Tornel Cortos. And he had, like, a little dynasty going at Pumas. Yeah, but it was really Carrillo, right? Wasn't it really Carrillo? But then Carrillo got to coach his own team, and he, he felt bad. He Didn't he win with the Club America, though? And he was, they were, like, balling everybody up? They, they were doing good, but, but they didn't win. No, they, they won under him. Uh, I'm pretty sure now that I got check, man. I thought they won. They won once. With Mario Carrillo, America? Yeah. Yeah. Second. He won uh, 2005. It was Fausto Pinto that you were trying to talk about, that you were asking about. Oh, yes, Dan. Fausto Pinto. Hey, Beto. Yeah, so Mario Carrillo made uh, America Champions in... uh... In 2005, it was their 10th title. Oh, we're look, uh, 
He was, uh, of... remember, he was like, go ahead, Beto. There's a lot of talk for having a Mexican coach. Joel had a stat, I think, that uh, uh, local uh, coaches local coaches took their teams to World Cup championships. Joaquin Lowe is uh, ratified till next World Cup for Germany. I don't... It's interesting what... Uh, Juan Carlos Osorio was saying about if the players want me back, I'd like to continue. Um, I don't think the players have anything to say about it, but it's sort of weird that he would... I mean, of course the players are going to support him, and I don't think they would want to have the decision to say, no, we're not going to have him back, or we don't want him, and stuff like that. Yeah, but those players aren't going to be on the team for the next season, so yeah. what's the point? So yeah, I think JCO. JCO has to go. Who's gonna? So, do they gotta make a decision quick? Who's gonna manage? They got they schedule friendlies for September. Who who they calling up? Who's playing? Who's coaching them? They're playing the Nats in nine eleven. I think that that was. I think they'll make a decision between now and then. I think scheduling on that date is a, just in bad form, bad taste. I don't know. It's got like. There's, well, they're playing Uruguay first in Houston, and then they're playing the U.S. and Nashville, which is always just a just a red. I don't understand why they'd want to schedule that. So Juan, are you are are you happy with Almeida? If Almeida's the guy, or is there is there some dark horse that you would rather have? Oh, well, I I think. Mm. I mean, what, what Osorio showed us is that Mexico can succeed if they're good at the counterattack, uh, you know, being the underdog. And I think they just try to counterattack everybody. So, um, either bring in, like, uh, an Italian coach or, or send a bunch of players to Italy. And I, I don't know, man. I, I think uh, Almeida, I, I, I think give them, like, a provisional base on, like, all right, you got to you got to win the Gold Cup or, you, you know, you got to have a good joint in the Gold Cup or or win it or something. And uh, and then, uh, you know, if he's able to, trans- if, if he's able to, like, perform well with, with, with a, a group of new players, even if he doesn't win it, but just put a base together without the, you know, the old guys, without, without Rafa, without Guardado. I don't know, Ache, what, 28? Uh, I think so. Yeah, he might. He, you know, he might still have a role in the next World Cup. But I think the more players he, he's able to phase out, I think uh, that'll be good. Um, you know, uh, but 
I mean, has shown his tournament form is fantastic. I, I mean, I even think I think even you praised it, and you said, "Hey, you know what? I'd, I'd like to see him manage the World Cup, or or at least not that negative about it." Um, well, yeah. I mean, I've, I mean, I I think being a good tournament coach is uh, is definitely a strength, and I think that you know had Almeida had these three games, I'm not saying the results are, you know would be. You know what would be better, the same, worse. I, I frankly I have no idea, but 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 I do think that his approach, uh, you know, may have been a little different than what we saw. But uh, you know, it just you know, once again for for Mexico fans to see you know this 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 incredible thing right in front of you, you know, you know, within your grasp, within your destiny to control it. And Mexico not to be able to uh, to get the result they needed, I think, was very disheartening for a lot of folks. And I don't know if I made that would have I, I don't know, John. I think maybe Almeida beats those guys. You know, I think maybe he he pulls something out of his out of his ass to to level the playing field a little more. Maybe, you know, maybe he calls, he would probably call in some different players. Um, I mean, the only other coaches I think that, that I would like to see, but they won't take it. They've already said uh, is Lucetich and, and Duca, you know. Uh, but Duca, he doesn't want the circus, and maybe he would do the World Cup just as a one-off after they fired <laughs> Or they fire Almeida or something, you know? Well, I mean, that's what I was fully expecting to happen with uh, with Osorio, but he kept he kept winning. You know, the minute he if he would have dropped, but he kept, in the head he kept getting, he never gave him a chance to. Uh, the tenth game. So I mean, I always thought that Osorio was very thin ice, but he was able to get the results that he needed, and it, and it gave him, you know, solid footing. So yeah, I, I thought that this was Puka's World Cup, and uh, you know, I was kind of hoping it would be, but. How awesome would that be to have Luca on the, on the with the world cameras? Nothing wrong or stupid. You just see him just blow a gasket the way he does. Well, his so, pressures would be legendary as well. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Those would be uh, those would be amazing. You, you, you know what? Uh, I was going to ask Chiquis if he was happy with uh, with Almeida, if that ends up being the coach. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I'm not too convinced with Almeida. Uh, I think the flavor of the month and the big proponents of Almeida are Chios fans. So I don't. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of bias around uh, the internet and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that influences people saying, like, I'm, 
the Chivas fans are just not to be trusted when it comes to personnel decisions. <laughs> well, yeah, is there is there any non if there's a non Chivas fan saying Almeida, then I'd like to hear their reasonings. But he's a tournament coach. Um, Joel has a point, sort of, and you know, really, what tournaments did he win? Um, if we really want a big name type of coach, I don't think he's the one. But does Mexico even deserve a big name, or can they even attract a big name? So I, I have, you know, I, I don't really like it, but I don't have no problem with Almeida coming on. Give him a chance. Um, I don't necessarily think he's a play. I mean, he would have been the flavor of the month had he won at the end of this year. But, uh, you know, I mean, he was. You know, I, I know people laugh about the about the Copa Mexicans, but you know what? It's still a tournament, and they still have to play it. So there's no, you know, there's no, and as well, you know, he also did win the Concacaf, and he did win, uh, you know, he did win a league title as well, which is something that doesn't happen with Chivas very often. So I can see why Chivas fans are very attracted to that, because you know, for some of them, it was, you know, you might be close to 30 years old as a Chivas fan and they've only witnessed Chivas win you know that's uh, that's got to be hard to take for for some of the younger Chivas fans some of our younger Chivas listeners so I could see how a, a coach like Almeida would be uh, would be very attractive would be very attractive to them. so so Juan, we we said once on the show that you can tell how old the Chivas fan is by how many championships they've seen Chivas win. <laughs> is is that is, is that does that too mean, Juan? Is that too mean? No, I I think it's I think it's pretty accurate. I mean, uh, I, 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 uh, for me, I I remember three, but I, I think uh, I might have seen. Yeah, I might have been around for one more. I mean, the, my earliest memory, one of my earliest memories is the Madrazos, uh, the class, the Super Classico where there was Madrazos, you know. Oh, in um, 83? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I was like five years old, but I remember that. That was a semifinal. Yeah, for some reason I remember that, John, and, and then, uh, you know, that's one of my earliest memories. Interesting. That's, yeah, I, I think it was a it was a big deal in the house at the time. Although most of my family growing up was Morelia fans, they were off the you know my my mom's side there from Michoacan, so they're so you broke their hearts. Uh, nah, I, I, no, because they would call me Chiva. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Well, I, I can't imagine why. <laughs> so, so your your profit, so your whole. Your whole soccer upbringing has been has been one betrayal after another. You, you I wouldn't betrayed call your, your mom one. and her family. No, well, half of them, yeah, half of them, they were, you know, you know, your your, your mom had the the Monarcas uniform all picked out and ready to go, but you went you went Chiva, and and then then years later, when you were you were financially and emotionally invested in the sport. You were, you were reduced <laughs> by the facilities.
Yeah, so so your your entire soccer existence has been you, you've gone from one oh, that's so, are you saying flirtation that was just a phase. It was like your emo phase. You know, you know what, John? If 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 the U.S. soccer, if their rayas had been uh, uh, pointing in a different direction, I might have had just become a U.S. soccer supporter. You know, remember they had that 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 black, that white and red uh, kit. The hoops. The stripes, the stripes were going sideways. That's right. Kind of like uh, it, it kind of looked like one of PSV's uh, uniforms, or I'm not sure who else uses that kit. Uh, yeah, Celtic. Yeah. Well, and, and Santos did forever. You'd be like like Cambiarayas Cuadrado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Cambiarayas uh, a Cambiafrancas. That's right. That's right. Of course, you, you, and then of course, Beto's a Cambiagatos. So. You know, I remember Beto being a, a, a Cruz Azul forum. I remember he used to have a. He's a Zul avatar back back in the day in the, in the Mexico forums. Ah, uh, never. I, I never had no Cruz Azul. To, uh, to, was it, did you do that again, Profe? Uh, I remember Beto having uh, being a Cruz Azul uh, fan. I, I could have sworn he had a... That's a, that's a negative, dude. Cruz Azul hey, I might, I might be a, I might be a Cambia Regio. Like a, a, are, you, are you jumping on the Rayados bandwagon? Yeah, Gallardo helps out a little bit. And Pizarro. <laughs> and plus the Tamalera is a nicer stadium. <laughs> have, have you been to the, the new stadium, Beto? I haven't, but I'm, I'm planning for uh, this coming up season to head over. It's and a that'd be a fun... I mean, it's a very easy road trip for us because it it's like only like four hours, right? Yeah. Oh, I, that's, that's not true. Probably closer to five. Yeah, about five, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna plan it for sure. That that would definitely uh, be fun. All right, so we have to close in Torrado, who's who's running the show. They're gonna pick Almeida. You know they so know the, they know the sport. They're, they I think they know the player pool and, and what's coming through. They might, you know, they, it's a good. Uh, they're gonna make a good choice if. Is it really up to them? Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Well, not really, but uh, they'll they'll at least get to get to tell the person that they've been hired. You know, to keep up appearances. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe they, maybe they get like uh, input. You know, forty percent. They'll do the interviewing. They'll make a recommendation. So. No, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, you know, again, you know, they're going to be in charge of a of a, of a of a complete overhaul of the roster, where, you know, where from last World Cup to this World Cup, there was what like thirteen or fourteen of the same players. That is just not going to be the case in the next one. They'll be, they'll be probably be the exact opposite. It's probably going to be, I'm, I'm going to say, fewer than six are going to be on the roster for the next World Cup. Who else do you so think you're interviewing, John? You know, I, 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 if I were them, I would interview Diego Alonso, even though he just signed with uh, with Monterrey. I think that he would be a, a smart choice. 
Um, you, know, you know, as far as Mexican coaches, I mean, uh, you know, there just really haven't been that many over the past couple of years that have really distinguished themselves. I know that, you know, you know Piojo has, but I, I don't know if, if, I don't know if Piojo wants to have to deal with that headache again. You know, you know maybe he will, I don't know. He's been, he's been campaigning for it. I think Beto mentioned something. Who? Google? Piojo. Oh, Piojo. He's, he's criticizing JCO. As usual. Well, he was part of uh, Televisa's World Cup coverage. Um, but he's back with, with America now for the preseason. So, uh, I mean, he's certainly an option, but I, I, just, I just don't see it happening. But, and I mean, outside of Piojo, I mean, who? What other Mexican coaches? I mean, don't tell me I went. Don't tell me El Profe Cruz, please. Uh, MJP in the chat said Profe Cruz. <laughs> no. I mean, no. I mean, I just, I just know. I mean, there, there, there's El Flaco Tena, who, frankly, after what he did with the Olympics, coming, I mean, you know, maybe he deserves a chance. You know, why not? You know, you know, you know, give one of the old guard a last chance. But, I mean, as far as the new up-and-coming coaches, I mean, Rafa Puente has been hired, fired, hired again. Same, I mean, you know, Paco Palencia now gets murderers row to have to deal with Lobos. Well, you know, Jimmy Lozano lasted, you know, maybe a little over a year and a half at Genetano. They're just, I mean, there just isn't anybody. Yeah, you know what? Now, there's some Liga Mekis coaches, but not Mexican Liga Mekis coaches. You know, La Volpe, uh, I was watching one of his interviews with ESPN. He mentioned uh, that he wanted a Mexican coach. He's somebody that knows the team. He goes, we don't need a foreigner to come teach us how to play. He goes, <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I found it a little ironic. He goes, hey, I, you know, I'm a Mexican coach. I, 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 I grew up here as a coach, I, you know, and, and he was going on and on. And uh, he, he, he floated Tomas Boy and, and Piojo and... Uh, and I forgot the other names, but I just I had to laugh. Then. Well, I mean, I can kind of see his point because I mean, I don't think of La Volpe as a. I know he might be Argentine, but I mean, you know, he he had been in Liga Mekis for forever. You know, since since, since the late since, since the late seventies. You know, same way you know Tuca, Tuca, you know, he went to Atlas. In, in, in the mid-70s. I mean, Tuca, it's almost 50 years or 40 years that Tuca, I guess going on, you know, close to 50 years that Tuca's been in the game. So, I mean, I can certainly see those points. I mean, a guy like, a, you know, like a Cristante or, a, you know, if, if, if Cardoso can start, you know, having some kind of success, you know. That's what I was thinking in the back of my mind. Maybe that guy, if he does well with Chivas. Johnson. I mean, Nacho Ambriz. I mean, I mean, El Sargento. There's, you know, there's, uh, I mean, you know, for Mexican coaching, I mean, frankly, the, the cupboard is a little bare. Vasco? Vasco's done, man. He's, uh, I think Vasco, Buse, all those guys, I, I, I just think their time has passed. You know what? I, 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 my biggest regret is, is for Chepo, man, because they, they, 
they burned three coaches, four coaches in, in one go, you know? Oh, yeah. And not to mention uh, his, 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 you know, Nestor de la Torre also burning himself, you know, as a directivo. Um, but it was an interesting concept to bring in, uh, to try to kind of, you know, bring in three coaches and have them all cooperate. I, th- I thought that was a, it was a great idea that didn't pan out. Yeah, I mean the whole trip unfortunately just uh, just completely unraveled. And I think it, it uh, yeah, I mean, just you're right though. I didn't I didn't even realize you know how many you know how many uh, the the collateral damage of that whole that whole debacle is just is is indeed very impressive. Very impressive indeed. Yeah, because even, even Dan Bolton still with us, or has Dan? I'm still here. Okay. Even Potro Gutierrez. Yeah, I think the the leadership boy there it kind of really screwed him up because he was doing well with, with with the youth teams, you know. Yeah. Well, Dan, what about your what about what about your boy Ciboldi? Is 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 he still too green to uh, to be considered? I mean, he is a defending champ. I didn't want to be knee jerky about and, and throw him throw his name in there, but if if they wanted to go down the a young route, I think he'd be a, a decent choice. Um, he's young. Um, he's kind of you know I, I like the way he kind of uh, came out of nowhere. He, he put in some work with, with in the in the canteras and then um, was given the the gig and and was able to obviously you know secure the gig for 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 the short term. So I, I think he's, you know, just because of his experience of working with the youth, um, being able to mix in uh, uh, those experienced players and, and, and giving chances to some of those young kids, I think uh, I know Hoyt probably wants to give some of that credit to Chepel, but uh, I think Sewoldi uh, was the one that was actually working with him. Uh, so he, he'd be a decent choice. I, I think they're probably going to go with Almeida. I think he seems more uh, a natural choice just because um, his, his success the league uh, at least with the one tournament and then the basically his, his success with in, in cup competitions where I think he, he, they might want to roll the dice with him and I'd be okay with it I'm just not sure if he's the type of coach that's going to work well with kids well I mean he definitely works you know at least I think with, with kids from potential I think that he was very uh, judicious and patient with, with 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 how he was able to uh, bring him into the fold. So, I mean, I think that he'll certainly give them opportunities. But uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to throw them out to the wolves. I mean, I think back to the 2008 that first World Cup qualifier against uh, Honduras, and you know, Giovanni and Carlos Vela had barely even played professional games. You know, you know, maybe they played you know just a handful of games as professionals, and they threw and he threw them out to the wolves. You know, in his very first match, he threw them both out to the wolves. You know, they did okay, but I mean, it was, um, I mean, it was it was it was a lot to ask for them at that time. You know, obviously it paid off for them. You know, a year and a half later when they got a little better, but 
So, I mean, I think that there's a little virtue in if you don't have to burn a guy like that that early, then maybe it probably would be a bad idea to uh, to bring him along slowly. Uh, you know, the other uh, huge advantage that Almeida has is that he's available. You know, a lot of these other guys are going to have to break contracts, etc. So, I don't, I, I don't think he'd be considered, but I, I like what Rafael Puente Jr. did. Um, with uh, working with Little, I, I think he. I don't know. I, I like the idea of coaches that, that are able to promote teams. Um, it's basically, you know, they're doing it without without money, and they're working with what they have. Um, seeing as Mexico isn't the most talented of, of, of teams, I think maybe a coach that's able to do more with less might might be a decent option. Also, that is a very good. That's kind of how I saw it made them, especially in, in the run they had in, 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 the, in the title. But uh, it'll be a, it'll be interesting to see. I, I do think that the, as it stands right now, it's probably like at least what about a seventy-five percent chance that if Osorio leaves, which I think he will, that it'll be uh, it'll be Matias Matias Almeida. Well, gentlemen, we got the World Cup quarterfinals coming up. Uh, uh, Friday it just proves to be just a just a terrific day of games. We have France, Uruguay, and then Brazil, Belgium. Can uh, will we see an all South American final, or is France going to prove to be too much for the Belgians or for the uh, Uruguayans? It's going to be a chippy game, man. I think, but I think France takes it. You think so? You think their individual talent will uh, will overcome the uh, Uruguayan uh, Lagarra Charrua? Well, I mean, look, the, the Uruguayans, when, when it comes to guys who, who who can find every edge possible on the field, even at, when they're at a distance, you know, so you can't count them out. But, yeah, I think, yeah, the talent, man. They, they've got tons of uh, talented players. They've got a uh, good defense. Uh, with experience in, 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 you know, Champions League experience uh, uh, in top teams. Uh, so I think that's going to prove be going to give them the edge, their talent. They I mean, Uruguay the has team. an impressive team. I mean, I, I, mean I, I would consider them slight favorites over France just because of the fact that they have that experience. I mean, they're, you know, they have two forwards that are, you know, Top ten for sure, maybe even top five in the world. Cavani and uh, Suarez. I would agree, definitely Suarez. He's probably the best nine. Uh, you know, it's hard to think of anybody uh, better than him. Right. But, but, and, but I don't know. Uh, you know, and as you pointed out, the, the, their defenders are, are 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 stodgy veterans of of you know of playing very very big games. I mean, Diego Godin, how many? How many Champions League finals has he played? You know, with with, with Atletico, and how many uh, big games has he played with them? So I mean, they have a a very experienced team. Uh, I thought that they that they gave uh, their performance against Portugal was just was was uh, just a, a beautiful exercise in, in, in showing the world that hey, you know what, we could give a crap about having the ball. But we're still going to control this match. Just watch us. 
And that's what they did. You know, they, 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 Uruguay to me and then the South American teams, I think more so than, than the European teams, they are perfectly content with being as patient as possible and taking chances when the moment, you know, they, 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 they don't try to force it unless, unless they absolutely have to. And, and, and the way that Uruguay, Uruguay Portugal, I thought was, uh, was, was, was real impressive. And, uh, and I think France, France could get impatient with that. And I think that that's, that, that's where Uruguay has the edge is, is that they're just, they're just going to be more patient. So, and then the other game is Brazil, Belgium, uh, my, my personal thought is, is that Brazil is the best team in the tournament, and both offensively and defensively. I know that Belgium has an incredibly good attack. We've seen it. They've scored a lot of goals in this World Cup. They haven't played a defense like Brazil. And in my experience in almost every sport, a good defense beats a good offense every time. So I think Brazil will win that pretty comfortably. Sometimes, or you know, most of the time, unless, unless the coach calls the calls for a pass when he's got the best running back in the league, and you can just walk it in. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, am I am I, am I crazy thinking that, or is or is Belgium going to be more of a challenge for Brazil than I? That, I don't like Belgium. I want to see them fail. Um, I noticed that, like, I'm, I'm rooting against them. Like, I want them just to fall flat on their face because I don't. I guess I don't buy into the hype. I know they got a lot of great players on their team, but as a unit, I, I I've yet to be impressed. The last World Cup didn't they didn't blow my hair back, and I, I haven't really been impressed with them yet either. I think they were lucky to to, to, to have gotten out of that. I mean, I mean, you know, good good on them. They they came back and, and managed to qualify, but. I don't think anybody envisioned them struggling as much as they did against Japan. And I going up against Brazil, um, I don't, uh, I don't see how they can, they can, they can uh, stop Brazil. I, I, I'm with you, John. I don't think, uh, I think Brazil's that that's, that's their match to lose. But Rafa, you 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 seem to uh, maybe think a little different. You know, man. I mean, they got the attacking talent. They're gonna, I, I, you know, I, the best, uh, a great striker will be a great defender. You know, you only need one one chance to to beat a, a, a great defender. So I, that, that's why. I mean, I think Belgium's got like, a, you know, they got a they, they got a chance. They end. What's the, what are the names of uh, Lukaku and, and Hazard? I mean, those are, Lukaku's a freaking. He could probably hold off five players trying to defend them, you know? Uh, there, there's defensive shortcomings. There, there are. Uh, that's going to be their that's worry. What's gonna, that's what's going to bite them, their defense. Yeah. Yeah, it could, it could bite them, but then they still they could still, you know, like what they did to Japan, where uh, Mourinho throws the baseline and throws them in. Uh, like a desperation going to start pumping crosses into the box, you know. Right. I, I yeah, they could surprise them, but it, it'll be tough for them. 
right, and then uh, then on, on Saturday, it starts off with uh, England, Sweden, which has zero zero written all over it. A zero zero the full way. Although I, I just I had a feeling that, that this, uh, I think England I think England's going to make the final. I just I just have this feeling. So I th- I think that they'll win that. And then in, uh, the other one is going to be Russia, Croatia, and I, I could care less who wins that game. Honestly, I just I just don't. Care. <laughs> I, I think I think Croatia can can put up a fight against England. I think those two will go go to the next, and uh, Croatia Croatia could surprise England. You you could very well be right. It might it might, it might be one of the more entertaining matches. So uh, so so are you, you think Croatia England uh, Chikis for the semifinals? Yeah, correct. Is and there I'm any sort of like? Oh, sorry, but oh, real quick, yeah, I'm sort of the opposite on the other on the other bracket. Uh, I, I want Uruguay to lose. <laughs> I, I sort of agree with you. I don't think they will. I think they, they'll get through on a close match, but uh, that's just my preference. You know, I got to tell you, just in watching uh, uh, the, the way that uh, that the, 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 the profe there handles his team, I mean, this is what is the, the third World Cup that he's been the uh, the, the coach for Uruguay, third World, their third World Cup. I would love for Mexico to have a guy like that, to where he's the the national team coach, and he's going to be there for 15 years, and he's going to, you know, I mean, and and, and, the, and this group of players, you know, outside of Forlan, you know, that had been playing for Uruguay for it, it seems like freaking forever. And uh, but, you know, for me at least, someone who want, well, I remember Uruguay playing. They were, I mean, they weren't even, I wouldn't call them tough or aggressive. They were flat out dirty. They were a dirty team. They were uh, hackers, uh, led two <laughs> World Cups in a row and red cards. They just were not. But but they'd always seem to make it into the next round. You know, that would make me make it to the round of 16. But, I mean, I mean, they were the walking, talking definition of Antipupor. And, and then were for many years. I was actually speaking to some uh, some Uruguayan folks about this a few months ago uh, here in, La- or in Lakeway. And uh, they said, yeah, said, said, and, 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 when, and when Coach Tavares came in, he said, that ends now. That's not who we are. We have we have the talent. We have the history. There's no reason why we can't play, you know, a more elegant style, you know, a more Uruguayan They're just uh, whoever wins outside of America, they won't be able to be. But, uh, but uh, I, I would like to see the winning semifinal. That'd be a good match too, Uruguay and Brazil. Yeah, I think that would be a lot. Dan, who you, who who are your uh, What are the matchups? I mean, I know I have um, France uh, going on, but uh, what, what are the other matches? Uh, uh, Brazil and Brazil. I'm sorry, did you bring Brazil? Uh, Brazil. And then Russia, Croatia. Um, Croatia. Sweden, England. 
watching paint dry. I'm, I'm going to say Sweden. <laughs> uh, I, I'd like to think that there's going to be another surprise left in this World Cup, and uh, I'll say. You know, the I'll thing say about England the English is, is, is that their their England's instinct is to, is to is to know how to beat a team like Sweden. They're probably the only team in the World Cup that's left that can play. Because that, I mean, the, the, that is the English game. Are the pelotazos and uh, and, and, and the who's, who's not right now in the Harrington. You know what? Uh, the, their coach, their, their manager today seemed a big... Uh, with changes that Columbia their game because they, you know, they started doing some subs and uh, and they started they lost control of the game and, and I think uh, the English didn't have a response for it. So, well, the, the English should have. I mean, just in the little bits and pieces that I saw, I mean, they had a couple of contragolpes. I mean, they should have been two zero, three zero. Yeah, in the, in the, and they, they did not get that. It almost it almost cost them dearly. Yeah, in the second half, uh, they they lost control of the game. But uh, you're right; they're they're that's you know that's their style, right? Rainy night in Stoke. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I just think that 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 that, 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 it, that it is probably Sweden's biggest nightmare because they can the English could basically match them line for line for, for what they do. You know, Sweden can. I mean, not, I'm not saying that they can't stifle England, but I think England has more of a game. That can that can find the cracks in, in Sweden's. I mean, they have, you know, the, uh, it, it just seems like uh, England might have a bit of an advantage there. Although Sweden's defense really has been outstanding. I mean, they've only given up the one goal against Germany, the two goals against Germany, and one of them was a you know freak free kick. So um, their their defense has been outstanding too. And then the other one is uh, Russia, Croatia. Russia, Croatia. Is there some political undertones to that game, or are they pretty? Well, I mean, for you know, fifty years, the, the Russians, uh, you know, well, Croatia was under Russia's control, probably still are to a certain degree. So I'm sure that yeah, there'll be some political undertones. Maybe not on the field, but certainly. Yeah, I think I, I think I think their their run runs out, their luck runs out. Um, the Russians? Yeah, I, Croatia's midfield is. I, I think it's it's going to be too strong, and they also have a hell of a striker. Um, I think that'll be enough uh, to get them past uh, Russia. I mean, they, they they're they're gonna. I think they're gonna. Probably, if they're if they're smart, they're going to approach the game the same way they did the Spain game, just bunker and, and, and just cross your fingers. Um, but I think eventually teams like that get 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 found out sooner or later. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't see them going going past this round. Still though, it's a, it's a, it's they exceeded everyone's expectations. I think a lot of I mean I had them going down in the group stage. Yeah, so did I. No, you're absolutely right, and they uh, you know they they. And their defense was not that good at the Confed Cup. In the last. I mean, Mexico was able to score. Mexico was able to score. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but they scored three on them, and one of them was ended up being, being offside. But it was still, 
you know, they could have scored a few more. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, good, good for the Russian. Good for the Russian people. Give them something to smile about for uh, for a few weeks. But uh, but you think that the their luck runs out, and you're probably right. So Dan says uh, Croatia, and then England, Sweden. Who who you? Uh, yeah, I, I got a. I'm gonna go with Sweden. I, I mean, you, 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 I, I think uh, this current English squad isn't all that experienced. I don't think, um, and ultimately, I think that, that that might bite them also. Okay, so you're going to Croatia, Sweden, Chickies? Did you did you make your picks, Chickies? Oh, I think England England goes to the final, beats Croatia, Brazil beats Uruguay. Brazil beats England. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who would be who would be thrilled with a Brazil England final is uh, is Fox. <laughs> they would they would be very happy if it was a Brazil. <laughs> oh. oh, they'd receive hate too, like they did today. They would. Uh, they would be very happy. I did not see her today because I was uh, I was I was on a truck. Did, did, did she have the? Uh, Y'all remember in France '98 when Argentina beat England in penalties, and they came back from commercial, and Andres Cantor couldn't talk because he he'd thrown his voice. <laughs> and was that was that how Kate was today on, on Fox after the after the England game? Oh no, she was she wasn't loud. She's never loud, but I think uh, just subdued. It's Fox. They're, I mean, in Spanish, I would understand. Just running your mouth all, all game, and then, then Cantor with his goal yells and stuff. But in English, it's more calm. You know, I like that uh, that Telemundo has had the uh, the homers on the uh, like that Cubillas for Peru and uh, the guy Fonseca for the Costa Rica game. You know, obviously had Hermosillo and Sol for Mexico. They had uh, uh, Sorin on the Argentina game. Well, they had Juan Pablo Angel for the Colombia game. And when they got the equalizer, <laughs> Juan Pablo called the goal along with Andres Campo at the same time. Oh, it was pretty fun. <laughs> Good for him. Hey, hey, I probably would have done the same thing. So, did you guys think that was a penalty for England? On the Carlo, corner kick? Car- oh, absolutely. Carlos Sanchez. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, I, I forgot to ask uh, Rigo. He, he, I think he tweeted that he thought it wasn't a penalty. He like, tackled yeah, it. Yeah, it was like a... <laughs> whether, whether it was on purpose or accidental, you can't bring a guy down like that. You just can't. You know? I think with his, sh- his right shoulder, he was impeding his for, uh, forward movement also. So it was, it was, And then he brought him down after that. So pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was, uh, I mean, it may have been incidental contact, but I mean, you just, you, you just, it, it can't, you can't bring a guy down. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun game, uh, partly because, uh, because of Geiger. Just his lack incompetence or just, you know, just the way he loses the game and people just go crazy at him. It just, it's sort of entertaining. Did- didn't he have like ten or eleven cards? Yeah, he just like he was flying, he was throwing the yellow cards all over because 
they were complaining, like, mostly Colombia, but the other um, England was complaining as well on every single call. And of course, everyone was saying Geiger sucks and Geiger's no good at a re uh, at refing and receiving all kinds of hate. But well, I remember in, in the Germany World Cup when Holland played Portugal in the round of sixteen. Uh, the dude, remember he he ejected like like five guys in the game, and and, and out of the twenty two players, like 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 eighteen of them had yellow cards in the game. Just a crazy number. Yeah, he, he just looks like a guy you can push over, and you could influence just by raw getting in his face. And right. if you do, and then if you do that, then of course you know he has the ability. You know, to and I, I got to tell you, I, I think the the, the, the prophet pointed this out to me, and, I, and I'm starting to believe it more and more. The uh, the way that that referee was calling that game yesterday was one sided to say the least. And I usually don't I don't say that about refereeing, but it was wow. I mean, it was it, it was pretty. It was oh, pretty the Brazil Mexico. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't notice, and I heard Juan Carlos Osorio complaining, but I didn't really. Uh... No, it was. Uh, I mean, let's just say if if that if the stuff that happened to Lagoon or whatever, whatever happened to William, it would have been a foul. I mean, there, there was definitely some preferential treatment uh, being bantered about in that game. I don't know if the, if the prophet. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. I mean, in, in the first yeah. five minutes, you have uh, Neymar. I think he drops uh, Ayala or 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 uh, I forgot who is whether it's Julian, Javier Jesus, or Neymar. He tries to run through Ayala and oh no, Coutinho. Coutinho's like grabbing and pulling Ayala and like elbowing him and trying to get through him to get to the ball. And Ayala's just like, you know, shielding the ball so it rolls out for a goal kick and. Uh, Guardado, I think Guardado and Salcedo told the ref, hey, what's up, you know? You need to, you should have gave him a yellow for that because it was, it was pretty, a little bit too too extreme. You know, he like, I think he elbowed them in the neck. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it just, I mean, it just seemed like every, you know, when a Mexican player got brought down and got brought down with a foul, the ref would just say, hey, you got to get up. Like, come on, man. Man up, play on. Exactly, and then um, you know, Brazilian would have barely touched. You know, they So I think that there's a little something to what you said uh, last week, and I never really noticed it. And, and usually, when I when I when I notice that stuff, I say, well, you know what? Uh, you know, usually the refs, you know, when they call stuff like that, are are going to be consistent, and they call it for both sides. He did not call. That, that, that seemed a little unfortunate for Mexico that they had to deal with that. So, you, you know what? It just seemed a little. I, uh, I, I was listening to that Fox, uh, one of their post game shows, because, you know, Osorio went on about uh, Neymar diving and the referee not taking control or, you know, letting them waste time. Uh, Alexi Lales made a point to say, uh, oh, the, the ref is not against Mexico. And, and I just found it a little peculiar. You know, we're, we're, we're treading in, in through X-Files, uh, I think, a little. But I think it's just, you know, know like, we, we talked about story, it. I would have yeah. been fine with the theatrics because then you get more stoppage time. Man. I mean, they gave him six minutes, for God's sakes. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. But but I think I, you know we talked about a little bit last week is <clears throat> Mexico is never going to get the the questionable calls or even you know they're, they're going to be they're going to have to play against the rep because the the bigger teams they're the underdog so you, you rarely does the underdog get the the questionable calls even even well if, see but it, but it's it's not just that also I mean it's also you know a lot of these guys are are. are Local league, especially when it's when it's a European. European refs not gonna, you know, they're not gonna put up with any with, with, with any BS. But the players you know just how far to put without getting yelled at. The the ones that that are, that are used to that kind of referee, and uh, so I think that to a certain degree you're, you're probably right. But also, I think the players can understand that they can, you know, they can influence the ref too. And I, and I do think that we, that that the, the, the teams that have players that, that, that play regularly in, in, in European leagues with European refs, I think know how to how to work those refs. And, and that's the predominant ref referee in the World Cup is the European. Now you guys are making me Although hate the Mexican Brazil. Mexican ref has been really good. Oh, it has nothing to do with Brazil. No, you're, you guys are making me hate Brazil because of because uh, you're reminding me of all this, all these antics Neymar was pulling, and uh, especially like when uh, Layun lightly stepped on him, and then he just jumped up in the air, r- rolling around the ground, and then uh, and uh, and yeah, I was just like, okay, maybe they should lose to Belgium. <laughs> you you know what? They definitely they didn't crack down on, on simulation. Uh... In this World Cup, I can't remember any player getting a yellow card for, for, for you know, for embellishing contact oh. or for straight down falling without contact. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I, it didn't happen this time, right? No, did anybody get a card for for diving? Yeah, you're, you're right. I, 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 I haven't seen one yet. I haven't seen one yet. But you're right, though. Uh, Chiqui, you know, ne- Neymar just does... It is a part of his game that he just, he just he just doesn't need it. Just he doesn't need the the melodramatic theatrics. And, and you know, I think I think of a player like Messi, who you know is going to get fouled. You know, Messi doesn't die. He's going to get hacked enough. You know, Neymar is going to get hacked enough. You don't have to die. Dude. You don't have to. You know, no no one's going to buy your BS when you roll. You know, thirty times. <laughs> and apparently, Layun was getting uh, Layun and his family were getting like threats. I don't, I guess, death threats, and he had to put a, a statement about it and all that. So that's just, this is, this is crazy. Well, it's just, yeah. It's, uh... Although it's just I, a game, I, I, guys. Yeah, exactly. I did see though. I thought that this. I don't know what they were talking about, but there was a play where Brazil had a corner. And uh, Neymar and Guardado were walking arm in arm. They're obviously having like, they both had a big smile on their face. They were talking about something, and then uh, Guardado kind of gave him like a like a friendly shove to get out of it. It was uh, oh, yeah. it was it, it was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, I love when Layun picked him up, picked him up as a get up. Yeah, that was pretty funny too. Layun had the uh, he had a, you know just another one of those guys that just was. Incredibly inconsistent. 
All right, gentlemen, would you have any uh, any other pressing matters to get to before we wrap it up here tonight? John, LeBron James, the king, you know, like, no, he's a merc. So, game over for so we have, Warriors. He's a mercenary. Who cares? <laughs> we have the king. He's no oh. MJ. Oh, is it Latin? He lo- He's no, he's no MJ now. We MJ have, just we have MJ. The king, the god, and the dude, you're ruining my joke. <laughs> Go ahead. We have, we have the king, we have the god, and we have the put off it all in all. There you go. <laughs> Did you see you're that tweet by Slatan? Oh, I didn't read it. What did he say? Oh, it's something about something to that effect. LA has yeah. a god now. It's got a king or some BS like that. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> very, very humble, Slatan. Yeah, very humble. Just wow. You know, you know he's kidding. You know he's kidding, right? I don't know. I don't know if he's kidding, man. I, I mean, oh, dude, clearly I, he doesn't I, I think, think he's a he's god, but but I think he's got a huge, uh, huge ego. Well, sure. But... I mean, you have to have one even to make that joke. It's it, it'd be it's. Exactly. It'd be different if someone like me was saying something like that because it'd be obviously tongue in cheek. Someone like him, uh, there may be some some truth in that statement. Hey, Beto, LeBron just Beto, he's he's got to move because look, uh, Golden State Warriors they had three All Stars that they drafted, and then they added a fourth uh, by signing Kevin Durant, who the season before had gone to the finals with his own team, so he just switched to the winning team. Uh, yeah. So now they they got four all stars and then they just added another guy who's injured. Uh, Demarcus That's a weak Cousins, move. You know who, who the real Mercs is is the Golden State Warriors because they're just adding like these these really great players for like league minimums. You know. No, but um, they're staying. Curry is staying with his team. If if yeah, LeBron they, wants to be big, then he should he should bring people to Cleveland. But he can't. He has to go find. He has to go to Miami. He has to go to LA. He has to go elsewhere. No, Cleveland's he should bring the chairs. Cleveland is not a city that's a draw. LA is a draw. New York's a draw. Um, is Chicago a draw? Not really. Not really. Okay. Well, well, Jordan made it. The, you know, the greatest team ever. But you and see, he's they, the greatest they drafted player. Jordan, dude. They, they drafted Jordan. I know. They, they, but Jordan wouldn't beat these guys. Dude, Jordan made his team. Like made his team. team the Warriors are an all-star team. They drafted three of them. Uh, Curry, uh, Thompson, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I get that. I get that. So that then they, they Cleveland, they Cleveland should draft. Like, Cleveland the should draft player. others. They they added yeah. like the second best player, you know, Kevin Durant, who was who was on a team that had just gotten to the final, lost to the Warriors. Longhorn, by the way, Kevin Durant. Huh? So please refer to him as former Texas Longhorn. Kevin. Oh, uh, Kevin Durant. I've heard people call him as the snake, the snake. <laughs> no, they, they call him the the the, the tarantula. Lebr- LeBron secured Jordan as the goat with this move. No matter if he beats him, Jordan in the, wouldn't in the beat the Warriors, man. I don't, I don't think Jordan would stand a chance by himself. Not even. And plus, Jordan had Pippen, he had Tony Kukoc, uh, he had Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman one with the Pistons. Yeah, come on. You it know? wasn't just one player. Jesus. Bill Bill Wellington. How can you forget Bill Wellington? Hey, before that and before Rodman, it was Horace Grant, who was also one of the best power forwards at the time. Dan Dan Corzier. Hey hey hey, Chickas, do you remember? Do you remember uh, Jordan's double nickel at the at the Garden? 
when he when he came back. No, the, his what? His double nickel when he when he scored fifty five points at Madison uh, Square Garden when, when, he, when he would like like the the season he came back to play. No, I don't well, remember. Uh, well, on on the game they, they won by two points. Game winning shot was a pass from Jordan to Bill Wennington of all people for uh, for an easy layup because Jordan got like quadruple teamed when he went into the lane. See, I agree. So I, found them. I think I think Jordan's Bulls because of their defense, just like Bill says, can beat any team in this era. They could they could shut down uh, Curry and all and, and all those players. No way, dude! They wouldn't beat Shaq. Shaq and Kobe. Well, they beat Shaq and Kobe. No, they didn't. They never they never played Shaq and Kobe. Dude, they, well, they had trouble with Shaq. No, no, Shaq. Shaq. They, they they never beat Shaq either because uh, that was uh, Houston. He was Orlando. No, uh, Shaq, Shaq couldn't hit a free throw. Shaq had to move as well. He had to he had to leave Orlando. He couldn't make Orlando a championship team, so he had to move to LA. Jordan is the is the goat because he stayed in his team and he brought players and made them great and but, and made them champions. Will Chamberlain is the goal because his, Penny Hardaway uh, had uh, injuries, I believe, that kind of derailed that that team, if I, if I recall correctly. Yeah, that's correct. But I'm I'm, I'm going I'm going, I'm reaching really back, man, in the memory. It's it's, it's pretty hazy. Well, don't forget, chickies, that Jordan had to leave basketball for two years to cover his gambling debts. So let's not. Uh, he's not the the angel that everybody thinks. So. Oh yeah, uh, angel is another topic, but I'm talking about the greatest player. To stay with no, his team—that's certainly... that, bugged me from 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 way back. The way the way Shaq did it, the way Charles Barkley did it—all these players couldn't couldn't win with their team, so they had to go look for titles elsewhere. Clyde, Clyde. Clyde. Yeah, I, I was never at the Charles Barkley. Clyde as well, yeah. And I remember, well, Clyde didn't bother me because he was from Houston, but uh, but he was a Blazer. He was, but and he, he got was beat. the only one. Name a name another blazer from that era. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's why Clyde. No, no, no. Bill Duckworth. Man. That was after. Oh come on, come on, guys. Bill Duckworth. Seriously. And they also had that one. Uh, that Terry one Porter. Dude, uh, uh, like, yeah, Sabonis, dude. Sabonis was good, man. It's too bad he he arrived uh, so late in his career. Yeah, he he was a. The, he was a, the, the the NBA's version of the cartucho quemado. He uh, he was a great passer, for sure. But, but anyway, so but uh, crap. No, no. Oh yeah. So so Barkley goes to to Houston, and in their their playoff series of games. So this is again when when Akeem is like at the height of his powers, <laughs> and uh, and Barkley Barkley goes in a game seven. On like five or six possessions in a row, he posts up. Akeem's looking at him like, "What the hell are you doing?" And he takes you know just these terrible shots, and he misses like six or seven in a row. And Houston ends up losing the game because you know Barkley thought that he had to be the like the focal point, and he just he just didn't have to be that on that team. It's like you have freaking Akeem, who's right there. So, yeah, it always bugged me. I never liked Charles Barkley. For for reasons that they 
issues. Terrible. Terrible. Boys, we have we have wandered down a very interesting path. <laughs> which uh, which I really don't mind because I'm going to be jumping back into the basketball world. Uh, very hot and heavy in the fall, so it's going to be very interesting. Alrighty. But uh, should have some uh, fun with the World Cup games. So uh, my last question to y'all uh, is, uh, Dan, are, are, are you bullish or bearish? Is the glass half empty or half full for Mexico heading into 20, 2022 and beyond? I'm going to say half full. All right. Chickies? Half full. Profe? I think uh, it's 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 a I, I can't make a decision there, John. It's a, it's a toss up. I don't think it's a binary question. It's a quantum question. We won't know until we check. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so let's pretend that that none of that is in play. So what is what, what what does your gut tell you? What is it? Just, just, My, just, just, yeah, just your gut, boom. Uh, all right, it, 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 half full, man. It, it, I, I think you know, there's some interesting players coming through, but I don't, you know, who knows how far they take us. So, so you can, we would also accept that. Hey, it's half full, but it's Mexico. Let's, we, we can't, we can't forget that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can't lose sight of the fact that it's still Mexico. Let's, let's, let's keep that. I, I'm I'm half full as well. I was I was half empty. Yes, uh, last night not because of the loss, but just because I was I was writing a column with Joel, and, and as I was working through the column, I was like, man, this is you know just looking at all the edge of the teams. I was like, like this, you know, there there's there is no base. The base is gone. There's nothing to work. There there is nothing in place to replace the base. And uh, so I, I, was, I was very bearish last night, but uh, in, in having this podcast and talking to y'all, I think uh, that I, I'm, I'm also a half a half full guy. I think that uh, you know it's it is Mexico. So there's... anyway, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, for the folks on the chat, I wish I could have seen the chat. I'm actually I've been driving this whole time, so uh, hoping that you guys enjoyed the show, uh, boys. I don't think we're gonna do a show. Uh, on Thursday, correct? This is our, our weekly show this week. But, yeah. but we will definitely yeah. uh, do one uh, next week after the uh, semifinals. So when you hear from us again, uh, by this time next week, we will be in the throes of uh, a World Cup final. We will be upon us. So. Uh, Dan, thanks very much for joining us. And Chiquis, thank you very much for joining us, as well as uh, Juan Uribe. Want to yeah. thank, uh, thank you. And I want to thank uh, Riguayala for hopping on, as well as Joel Asimis. And thank you for listening. I want to thank you all for for downloading this podcast, and you can do so on iTunes and on Google Play. And uh, we will uh, be back with you guys next week. My name is John Jagu. This is the Cantina Mekis podcast. You guys enjoy the rest of your uh, holiday weekend and we will talk to you guys this week.